I light up my cigarette. He gets on the motorbike. I play with a little thing. He drives me crazy. I wanna get real high, higher than anything. Can anyone give me the thing that I need to be the man? Welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. I am your co-host, Neve, and I'm joined, as always, by your other co-host, Connor. Hey, everyone. And uh, today, we are talking about Nana, specifically chapters 25 through 28, aka just volume 8, because we're down to just doing a volume. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fewer chapters than, than before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I think we've, we've announced... The format change through other channels so yeah i still need to, need to like record the little thing that i'm gonna i'm gonna plunk into last episode to like just say that we're doing it but even on last episode we talked about the possibility so yeah yeah it's it's just a volume so yeah which i think we're both as soon as we made the decision we both were uh very pleased that we had um and it I think it was a good choice and it's worked out yeah. in other ways too, as far as like the content and breaking up the content as well. Yeah. I mean, I think like this ending halfway through volume nine would have been pretty good. Cause you sort of get like, I, if I remember correctly, that would sort of go through like Nana having the pa- uh, panic attack, like breaking the glasses and everything. And then we would come back in where Nana goes to like, doesn't realize that she broke both and buys one because she wants to try and make it up with, with Hachi. Um, 
Yeah. So, but as there's you like said, a little bit of a split there, but as yeah. you texted me earlier, <clears throat> if we did have all that, uh, the episode would, would be five hours long. Yeah. Cause we already have plenty in volume eight. Yeah. Um, and also I was just glad for my heart's sake that I can wait a little bit before I get to all of, all of what happens in <laughs> volume nine. Yeah. Have you been, uh, uh, so when we did the new year's special episode on Nana, you had your like volume by volume cry, cry count. Have you been doing that this time and just keeping it secret? Um, I haven't, I haven't been doing the cry count. Uh, one, I feel like I, because I'm like putting more note, like I, I'm sometimes jotting down more notes as I go. Um, I'm putting in the little flags and stuff. It's like keeping me at like a slightly more intellectual remove where I, I feel less inclined to cry. I'm sure next time I still might cry when I get to yeah. some of that stuff, You're not but I've been less inclined that. to like actually have that, that emotional response in the moment. But I do sometimes read it over lunch at work and then I go back to my desk and I do still just have the like emotional weight of, of the stuff that happens and the way that it affects me where I'm just sitting at my desk being like, God fucking damn it. I don't want to work right now. (laughs) I'm sad about what's happening and my favorite story that I've read multiple times. Yeah. That should be a valid excuse to uh, take a half day or something. Mm -hmm. This manga was really sad. (laughs) My favorite manga. I'm reading it again for the fourth time. It's just the parts that the part that was really sad before it's still really sad. Yeah. And I just I don't I don't want to work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh coincidentally um. I think work and having to work and uh the need for work having no regard for human emotion <laughs> uh actually does coinc- uh tie in well with some of the stuff that uh, begins to appear more, or more the considerations, I guess, that begin to appear more in in this volume. Uh, yeah, around work and capitalism, stuff like that that we've, I think, been forecasting, uh, for a few episodes now that it's coming. Uh, we start to get a lot more of that in volume yeah. eight. I I noticed at least. Yeah. Um, do we want to do the synopses and just get into it? Yeah, let's just get into it. We can hit our two hour. We're moving the threshold down from three hours to two hours. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna yeah. move quickly through and try to uh, try to hit that magic number. Yeah. Uh, knowing we might overshoot and get to three hours, but that's fine. I can do three hour podcast. Right. Four hours regularly, like every once in a while, four hour, I can manage it regularly. No, no, <laughs> too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to go first or me? Yeah, I'll go first. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so we, we begin with chapter 25. Uh, we start off chapter 25 with a flashback. We actually see a glimpse of Nana's perspective from when, uh, she first met Hachi. Um, one sentence in the uh, summary here, but more significant in, in the actual chapter. Um, yeah, we'll break it down. More. We'll see it. In, yeah, we'll see it in a minute. 
uh, back in the present. Well, not, not quite the present. <laughs> back in the, uh, the present of the immediate narrative, the story that we're familiar with, uh, a typhoon cancels the fireworks that uh, Hachi has been anticipating so eagerly. Uh, but Nana has blast still go meet with Hachi and light store-bought fireworks by the river. Nana admits to herself, and at least to some extent Ren, um, in a conversation later that night, how deeply she loves Hachi, uh, including wanting to buy her a house someday. Ren, uh, for his part, encourages her to pursue it, uh, and is then photographed alone, leaving his apartment by paparazzi. Hachi discovers she's pregnant, uh, and Nana in voiceover expresses uh, that she has only one regret one regret in the past, which seems to be tied to what happened with her and Hachi um, around Hachi's pregnancy, uh, but also adds that she hopes Hachi is happy now. Chapter 26, Hachi, who is having morning sickness, goes to the OBGYN to confirm the pregnancy, but continues to keep it a secret from her friends. Um, Nana and Hachi have dinner with Misato before Misato leaves to go home at the end of the summer. Cause this is all like, we've got a bit of a time skip in here. Not a ton, mm-hmm. but you know, like a, a couple, a month or two. Um, <clears throat> and we learn that Shin told Misato that he wishes that he was never born. And also that he is unsure about his parentage in some way. Uh, they talk about motherhood as sort of a result of this, this conversation. Um, and Nana is harsh about mothers who keep the kid, even though they can't support it. Uh, but when Hachi talks about maternal instinct, instinct being one of the reasons why maybe they still would, Nana then worries that something might be wrong with her because she seems to lack this maternal instinct. Uh, Takumi yeah. comes to visit Hachi. Um, and basically for like tricks his way in kind of forces his way in um, and learns that she is pregnant. And uh, when he learns that he locks himself in a room to call Nobu and Nana specifically Nobu, but Nana is with Nobu at the time um, who are on their way to see Hachi saying that he intends to take responsibility for the baby and support it. Uh, chapter 27. Shin meets with Reira, who is struggling to write lyrics to a new song. Meanwhile, Takumi talks with Nobu and Nana, really m- mostly Nobu, and then some Nana somewhat at the end. Um, yeah. And uh, tells them about the pregnancy and his intention to raise the child. Nana, uh, at the conclusion of the call, Nana becomes desperate for Nobu to claim the child, and Nobu forces the actual issues by telling Nana she should become the father if she wants Hachi so badly. Uh, but when he says he doubts that she could love Takumi's child, Nana runs off. We'll break this down as well. Yep. Uh, Takumi reminds Hachi of all the ways she needs support as a young mother and then leaves to get grapefruit when Nobu shows up without it. Nobu tries to talk to Hachi, but is too fixated on Hachi's potential infidelity against him to help in any other way. Reira finishes her lyrics for a song about keeping hold of the hand you love, even though there's no ring or red string of fate to bind you otherwise. Chapter 28. Nana runs to Yasu for help after seemingly having a panic attack. Uh, we can get into the evidence that this might be her first panic attack, because we'll see one more uh, specifically depicted later. 
Um, Takami returns to room 707, but finds that Hachi is missing. Oh, there's this moment where he briefly worries that she committed suicide. Um, but uh, she has actually run off to go see Junko and Kyosuke, uh, her essential parents, <laughs> for help. <laughs> um, they discuss her decision to keep the baby. And that she wants to take Takumi's support, even if that means that she would basically just be using him in order to have the baby, um, would never actually get married. Um, and specifically, she wants to do this because relying on Nobu would likely ruin Blast's dream by forcing Nobu to become a father and take over the family business instead of continuing his life as an aspiring rock star. Nana decides that she wants to be like Yasu and watch over Hachi gently from afar, since she can't possess her. Um, Hachi returns home to find Takumi, and when she tells him her plans, he proposes, since a marriage would be less of a scandal for the band than him having an illegitimate child. Yeah. So, uh, if people are listening (laughs) to this, and, well, I, I had the passing thought when we were doing the synopses that... If someone's listening to this and they haven't actually read the manga, uh, yeah, or our first chapter, our first synopsis, chapter twenty-five, uh, Hachi's pregnant. <laughs> like, all, oh yeah, that happened fast. Yeah, uh, I think it probably feels a. L- it is like a really sudden, um, shift in the story, even if you're like reading through. Um, but I think just reading the syn- chapter by chapter synopses probably makes it feel even more uh jarring yeah i mean some of it is like we get that flashback that um it does give a sense of like time passing in a way um we also get these multiple panels where it's like whoosh as it like jumps forward through time um to the end of summer and then there's ver- there's various stuff that's sort of indicating this is the end of summer we've like skipped over some parts of their lives to like get to this next big pivotal moment um yeah uh but i think also well th- this is getting a little bit ahead but um i think the suddenness of uh the revelation is is maybe important in, in other ways as well like it intentional um yeah to convey like just how much of a um a shock and like disruption it is yeah um so yeah i'm just i scrolled past the whoosh page that you were mentioning um i don't know how i didn't like uh notice that more (laughs) when i was reading through because that is really funny yeah, and uh, the day I met you, whoosh! I hate whoosh. the demon lord. You don't have to cry about it. <laughs> and um, we're literally and then like, we get, like doing an autumn uh, uh, autumn <laughs> of time passing. Yeah, um, and then there's like another one a little bit later, uh, like also sort of as a uh, continuing the joke in a way. Um, oh <laughs> yeah, where uh, so then it's like, don't you want to see uh, Hachi in the yukata? Uh, for like the fireworks, uh, yeah, whoosh, and then it's whoosh, then but this time it's the <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the, the typhoon, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great, um, yeah. Uh, uh, so even in all go- of this darkness that we're talking about, there are still funny bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there actually is one. Um, the scene, 
the scene where uh, Nana and Nobu find out that Hachi's pregnant, uh, Ayazawa like slips a joke in there, even though it's really a dark, <laughs> uh, a dark scene. Ayazawa yeah. like slips a little joke in there, and when I, that's when I I did I did notice the humor when I was reading, but my uh, my exact thought was like, okay, like I see what you're doing there. Uh, I appreciate you're trying to make the joke, but it's not like it's not landing right now. It's not funny. <laughs> like the, this scene isn't funny enough. Like there's not enough space in the scene for for the joke to be funny. Uh, but I yeah. appreciate that it's still there. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it's the it's specifically it's when like Nana is throwing Nobu down to the ground. And then it just has like a little like splat or something, <laughs> uh, like in the corner of the panel. Oh yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if I can if I can specifically find it, but um, oh yeah, the little splat. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is splat, right? That's the yeah. Um, I mean, um, of course, it's not that in Japanese, but uh, yeah, just when it. It's, I'm sure, some other, like, onomatopoeia that has the same sense. Um, also, just, like, the facial expressions when uh, when Takumi first calls, uh, and they're just, like, walking with the garlic that's supposed to be good for stomach aches. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff there, too. Um, is... So this is just a random... Um, I know we're going to move fast and tight through this whole, through this whole volume. Um, so it's just a random thought I had. There's some fermented, so it's like fermented garlic, right? Yeah. But there is well, that. I think, I think they say pickled garlic. Oh, pickled garlic. Okay. never mind. Yeah. I was just wondering, cause I know there's some like fermented foods that are not recommended to eat. Uh, when you're pregnant or I'm, I might be just inventing this yeah, completely. Maybe. Um, I was wondering if there was some deeper irony to that uh, with them. Like they don't bring the grapefruit juice, but they bring this other thing that, uh, that is unsuitable. But yeah. anyway, uh, do you want to go back to the story of chapter 25 and start uh, um, moving through? Yeah. Um, so one, we, we get this thing before like the actual start of the, like before we get the, the pay, the splash page for the chapter start that I think is Hachi being, I'll still call out for you, Nana, no matter how much it hurts until you answer me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then once we get past the, the like title page for the chapter, um, this is the thing that I think is important to stop on where we immediately shift like fully to Nana's perspective here. Mm -hmm. um, shall I just read this page? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I couldn't keep my promise. You probably don't remember, but I was really serious about building a gorgeous house with a big garden, a house on a hill where you could see the sea with a designer kitchen and a basement studio and all the latest fashions in your bedroom closet. 
so that you, whose boyfriends always make you cry, could come back as often as you wanted and smile. Um, I think there's which, several reasons why we know this is Nana O's. This that this is Nana O speaking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we need to go through and uh, yeah and and prove this. Um, yeah, I mean the obvious thing well is the is the promise of the the gorgeous house with a big garden. Um, yeah. And then, you know, all the other lots of various details in here that are, are clear. But um, one thing I, I thought, and this will sort of come up as well later, there's like a mention of um, the little white lies that she tells uh, that she's sort of aware of. Uh, but there's also this way that we've talked about that she will sometimes seem to joke about something that it might be what she seriously believes um, that has come up like earlier. Um and this also yeah. feels like this confirmation where where what she's saying in the moment is like, oh, yeah, I'll build you a house. It's going to be like a great house for me. And then, like, you'll have a little doghouse out back uh, and you'll sleep in the doghouse. Um, and then here is like, no, this is an actual promise. I really did want to make a house that you could return to, like, whenever you wanted. Um, so, uh, and, like, be able to give you all the latest fashions that you care about in your bedroom closet and everything. Um, so, and we'll see other things here too, will that will come up because we're going to get more of her perspective throughout, um, that are also showing the, the ways that she jokes about things, but is actually like those jokes are always belying something that she is actually thinking about or caring about. Yeah. Another uh, way that she's like attempting to communicate even as she has all, all of these barriers internal and external uh, to actually communicating the um, these feelings and sentiments. Like she's still trying to in these various other ways. Um, and, and this is one of the main <laughs> or one of the modalities of that, that you've pointed out. Yeah. Where it's that like sardonic or um, seemingly joking. Um, but in fact, carrying like a true, true feeling. Um, and the other thing, we, um, we already said this, but uh, just because we're we're now at the top of the the volume, um, I think one of the things that stands out about or to me about this volume is Nana is getting a more of her interiority throughout. Yeah. She often seems to be the one who is doing the start of the chapter and end of the chapter. Um, like she's the, now in the one in the future who is looking back and is uh, talking to Hachi. We of course now know that like the future or, you know, the present, if this is the past, um, but you know, the, the later point in this that we'll get to, she is like gone to London uh has sort of run off. People don't know where she went. Um, all of those sorts of details. And so it's from that perspective that we are getting a lot of the stuff where she's sort of reflecting about like, you know, the regrets that she had, um, about what happened, um, or what her feelings were at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and going along with that, <laughs> we get the flashback from her perspective of their first meeting. The, I think what, what we get in this that's new is the immediate 
uh, event prior with this conversation between Nana and Yasu. Yeah. Uh, which, which is significant. Uh, and um, then also, um, Nana's interiority following that and then leading up to the, the point of the meeting. I think that's really the new information that we get here, but it's both of those things seem like they're doing some work to tell us something. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, and I, th- I think one of the big things in this, um, that I especially noted it, I don't know if there's other stuff you want to get to before, but especially the thing at the end, <clears throat> um, like, I think this is one of the biggest parts of the conversation, uh, but I don't know if there's other stuff you want to break down first. Um, we can but, jump, to, I mean, uh, jump to that and then. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll move around as needed. Um, so there's this part where, uh, you know, she's about to leave. Yasu has, um, shown up and we get like, which seems to be her interiority in the moment. Uh, if you understand me at all, come with me, Yasu. Uh, I just can't bring myself to ask you. You chose the life you wanted and Nobu has his privileged future, I can't say it. So if you, um, you know, if you want to, uh, and then this is where Yasu says, don't go. I'll really miss you. And then she finally says the, uh, damn it. Then come with me. Um, and when he sort of says, well, I guess it's not going to work out like, you know, (laughs) good luck. Uh, she says you can be a lawyer in Tokyo, you know, and he responds and you can be a singer here, you know, Again, I just want to highlight in this moment, we know that if Yasu goes, which he's going to later do, he will not be able to become a lawyer. <laughs> um, yeah. So he he's like specifically not bringing this up, even in this moment. Um, and again, I, I think a lot of my read on Yasu here, especially what we know of like Reira and Ren and Takumi and stuff, uh, there's a certain amount to which, like, he is intentionally... I think he is testing Nana being like, who? what is it that you really care about? Do you care about me in this way? Uh, before I'm going to, like, fully invest in these other ways. Um, he is, of course, eventually going to go to Tokyo, though. Yeah. Yeah, there's several layers uh, to this interaction that... We could we could look at and you've identified one of them there. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that the illustrations do a lot of the a lot of work here um, because there's a way that they the especially with Yasu um, the expressions and like his body language doesn't seem to match what he's saying. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and that kind of, uh, I think that's the, the starting point to start to like unfurl, uh, a lot of what's going on with him and what he is communicating. Uh, but yeah, like her obviously being, uh, extremely emotional and like dejected, um, him clearly understanding that just because we know their relationship well enough to, 
uh, to know that he he seems to um, be extremely attentive <laughs> to her emotions uh, and and to have a pretty good read on them. Um, so she is desiring him to say, uh, well, I'll come with you. And then, uh, he says, don't go. I'll really miss you. But he has this like sly grin on his face. It's a knowing grin of like, yeah, you are going, you are going to go and I'm not like stopping you. Uh, and it, it feels like that is what instead, rather than like, don't go, I'll really miss you. Um, I think the, the missing part is like, uh, is true. Um, but what's really communicated here is like a completely different sentiment, <laughs> uh, which is like, um, not don't go, but like, I know you're going, uh, and like, I'll miss you, but there's nothing I can like say to keep you here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and maybe at most what he what he's going to do is like force her saying come with me yeah and then intending uh, to do that as well yeah yeah uh um force or maybe her not to actually initially intending to but is going to do it yeah you will eventually do it uh because one of the things we know about nana o is uh <laughs> as we've already mentioned a couple times um, her struggle to communicate her what she actually wants um, and her like deepest anxieties about um, losing people or leaving people. Um, and so thinking about this or, or about that in this moment um, is revealing because it, it's like Yasu knowing that about her and being like, no, like, it would be good for you <laughs> to like actually articulate this kind of stuff. Um, and like, I want you to articulate it now, even though it's not going to be like, I'm not going to come with you, but I, I just want to know. And I want you to like, say, uh, to be able to say this. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then the, the final thought here being, um Nana thinking, oh, but there's no Tokyo Dome or Budokan here. Um, so this is in response to Yasu saying, you can be a singer here, you know. Um, yeah. But then that hits the core uh, dilemma for Nana, which is that her identity, her, her sense of self is really wrapped up in this... Um, specific dream and like ambition that she has to become uh, like a fa a famous musician and like a successful musician. Um, and that's the most powerful force in her life. Yeah. Like even more so than her relationship with Rand or her relationship with the Um, This, this note too of, <clears throat> I'm not a princess who's just happy singing. Singing is what keeps me alive. Um, some of it for her is this specifically like to be able to uh, not just make a, a living, but like make good money with her voice. Um, and I think specifically the wording here too, of I'm not a princess who's just happy singing is also this, like uh, even if it's not 
with awareness in the moment. Like the manga itself is doing a slight nod towards Reira, who says, mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy as long as I can sing. That's like all that she wants to do is to be able to sing. Um, and so she's the princess who's just happy singing. <laughs> um, you know, or at least in a way, that's probably like a reduction yeah. of Reira, but no, you know. no, no, yeah. But I mean, uh, that's, that's part of the like perception or conversation about her is that she may yeah. be, she may be this or like people think she is. Uh, uh, and yeah, I agree. Certainly not a coincidence that even though Nana doesn't really know Reira yet, <laughs> even past Nana who doesn't know Reira is still like drawing this distinction <laughs> pointing towards Reira uh it seems um it seems fitting uh just because yeah. of the like how powerful uh that feeling is for for Nada um that like oh yeah even past Nada felt this way even before she knew Reira she still didn't <laughs> still didn't like Reira Um, we get also the very brief, like, uh, Hachi falling into her lap. (laughs) How long is she going to lie on top of me? Um, but, uh, of course, in the same way that happened with, like, Hachi's side of the story, we get this day, uh, March 50th. You know, she does call out my 20th birthday, but it's not the day that I moved to Tokyo to... Or March 5th, not March 5th. <laughs> uh, it's not the day I moved to Tokyo to make it as a singer. It's not like, that's not the way that it's being phrased in this voiceover from, you know, the, the future date. It's the day I met you. Yeah. Um, but also, um, all of this, this stuff about, I'm not a princess who's just happy singing. Singing is what keeps me alive. Um, the way that this, uh, so we have the actual like conversation between Nana and Yasu where we're seeing them conversing. And then we cut away to these, like, um, you know, the, the landscape, uh, and then the train, um, which seems to indicate like that we're moving into Nana's, uh, internal monologue. Um, yeah. So that this is like her internal monologue that we've shifted to where we're getting all of this, um, all of these thoughts, and then culminating with, so I know that someday, and then thud, we cut right back to the train. Um, so there's now like this continuity where we can imagine her like um, in her head, having these thoughts on her way to like, as, as she's sitting down. Um, and then she's having these thoughts right as like Hachi falls on her. Um, yeah. And then the connect now there's a connection um, between these thoughts and Hachi. Um, or at least we have the context of like, this is what she was thinking immediately before she like met Hachi. So this is like her frame of mind. Before Hachi moment. literally fell into her lap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then back to your point um, that like the, uh, the meaning of the memory is, for for nana now like in the future is uh predominantly like couched in terms of meeting hachi um so that this becomes the most important thing about that day um even with all of the other stuff that um 
all the other emotions that were at play. Uh, so yeah, t- telling us a lot. Yeah. And then we get our whoosh here, um, taking us back to the, uh, the present of the immediate narrative. Um, which, uh, so this is the, the fireworks festival has been canceled. Um, all that. We also get this, uh, like, I think one of the biggest things in in a lot of the first bits here are some of the internal monologue from Nana about Hachi. Um, we met on the train. I don't know if we want to just like read some of this stuff, but yeah. Um, we met on the train to Tokyo. Somehow she became my roommate, Nana Komatsu, Hachi, Hachiko. She's selfish, dependent, a crybaby, and she's over the top boy crazy. Not even six months in Tokyo, and she's already on her third boyfriend. But she seems so innocent. She's a weird one. Uh, and then we have some banter between uh, Nobu and Shin. Um, let's see. Um, and then uh, Hachi shows up, so now it's Nobu, Shin, Hachi, and uh, Nana all at the apartment. And the the internal monologue kind of continues. Hachi was our pet, our band mascot, or rather, our Madonna. Hachi's smile alone lights up the room. She pumped us up at shows and in the studio. I figured her energy was more important to our band than getting a new band member. Uh, and then uh, seemingly culminating in this um, this thought of, is she really that pure or is it all contrived? Um, yeah, and then um, catching catching Hachi's uh, <laughs> glance and having a gulp uh, <laughs> moment. Um. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing here uh, to pause before we do the last bit of internal monologue that gets into the next scene. Um, we have this. Um, this thing about I figured her energy was more important to her band than getting a new band member. Uh, I think it's significant to come up here after we've had all of the stuff with um, the Hachi side of the insecurity, the like, oh, yeah. I'm just this hanger on. I'm just this fan who's only allowed to stay here because like I happen to be Nana's roommate. Um, and from Nana's perspective, it's like you are more important to us than getting another band member. <laughs> Yeah. yeah um, Nana starting to like identify what what Hachi's actual like role and importance is uh for for this group of people <laughs> that happens yeah. to be a band. Um and also I think this this section is interesting so we get the pro- progression from the joke of Hachi was our pet um into you know, her energy is more important than getting a new band member. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's quite a reversal to go from pet to Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, you go from uh, your dog to uh, the idol that you worship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and the, the like, just um, nonchalance that, like, with which she glides from one to the other <laughs> um, is, is noticeable. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, we get the uh, non-eye-catching Hachi's gla- uh, glance. Um, and clearly she's just been staring at Hachi as she's like lighting fireworks. Uh, we get the gulp. Uh, Hachi just lighting up, smiling, <clears throat> running towards Nana. And then this is where we get, uh, I guess you don't know that everything you do blows me away, just like that typhoon. I feel like a teenage boy falling in love for the first time. I can't fight this feeling anymore. I think I'm going to burst. Um, and As then the firework this, is going off. Yeah. Uh, which obviously just, like, you read these two pages and you're like, uh, how does anybody not read, like, <laughs> I was thinking we say this is Yuri baby. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> but, yeah. um... And this is, is like, clearly this more internal monologue. It's, like, directed towards Hachi. Like, I guess you don't know that everything you do blows me away. Um, but we then get uh, something about this sentiment is being communicated to Ren. It seems like this is not the exact words that she's probably saying to Ren. Um, but we get Ren respond, so you want to do it with Hachiko? Um, yeah, and it cuts right into this. Uh, yeah conversation with ren yeah this is very domestic scene too um and i think this stuff is interesting too because i guess the what people who say it's very baiting the point towards them of like that's not what i mean all you ever think about is sex um and ren says well that's all teenage boys think about by the way Um, (laughs) and she says i'm fighting it but it's not sexual desire uh and then we get like off on this (laughs) This joke tangent about, uh, is it hunker? Is she like mochi rice cakes? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this, this is also like, there's a way in which she's saying like, you know, all you think about is sex. This is not like, this is not, I look at Hachi and I want to have sex with her. I think also the way that she's responding doesn't mean that that's not like at all any part of it, but that the feeling is about this other thing, you know, it's not the, all you ever think about is sex. Like that's what teenage boys, all their brains are focused on. She is saying, I'm, I'm thinking about some sort of like deeper feeling that I have. Um, This feeling is not sexual desire. That doesn't mean that it's like mutually exclusive (laughs) with (laughs) sex uh, at all. Yeah, but the 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 thing that is like at stake and that she's trying to talk about is not like it it's not je- it's not sexual desire itself. Yeah. Um and I and I think this like this becomes even more intensified where they like Ren and Nana move into having sex while cooking in the kitchen. Um And, you know, he says, like, hey, so how do I control your heat? Because she turns off the stove that's, like, uh, boiling over. Um, And she says, you can't. And then in the voiceover, if there is a way, hook me up. Somebody please help me. Why does my heart always burn so hot? Which, especially the why does my heart always burn so hot implies, like, is this also still related to the feelings that she also has for Hachi? Yeah. yeah, I think it's more. I think it's more than an implication. Um, yeah, given the immediacy of like that being the subject of the <laughs> preceding conversation, uh, I think yeah. it's like that's what is directly. I think it's now talking about Ren and, and Hachi. 
mm-hmm. as these these two romances, um, or the two people her heart is burning for. Yeah, uh, I think the um, the one thing that to to linger on this scene for one moment, um, and and specifically since you brought up the Yuri baiting thing, um, I want to make sure we like at least explore this idea, because um, so I had the idea while I was reading through volume eight. There's this, um, there's this scene, and then there's the later scene where Nobu is like, "Well, why don't you become the father?" Um, and these two scenes were similar to me in that you have someone, uh, like a trusted other person, explicitly recognizing and articulating, like the possibility of sexual relationship or romantic relationship with between Nana and Hachi. Um, and like, moreover, not only like bringing it up to Nana <laughs> explicitly, um, but also not in a, uh, like not in the context of like condemnation or dismissal, um, in like, the Nobu thing is a little more complicated, but I think the immediate context yeah. around this idea itself is like a context of acceptance where Ren is saying, well, um, yeah, no, you should pursue this feeling. Um, this is what it sounds like. Like you should pursue this. And then Nobu being like, well, why don't you become the father? Uh, but you wouldn't because of this other thing, not because you can't, not because you couldn't, or because you like two women can't be together or whatever. Um, but because you couldn't love Takumi's child. Um, and so my point in bringing this up is like, we've made the argument before about, Oh, well somehow like the, uh, like somehow the sexual, like romantic dimension of the relationship between Nana and Hachi, like it's unutterable or, it can't be realized for these various reasons. Um, and then there's part of that is these like social pressures. Um, and I just wanted to like pause for a moment and be like, if someone were to make an argument against us, <laughs> they would cite these, these moments and be like, look, like how is it unutterable? Like it's unutter it's uttered right here. <laughs> uh, and then like uh, there, uh, there's like a wide open path. Uh, at least in this conversation for, for Nana to be like, you know what, actually Ren, yeah, maybe you're right. Like, uh, and then to, to have this way of expressing it, but it's still like not happening. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I guess what, would what would, should we say to this? Is there a way of like, um, can we reconcile these two things? What? Why are the two things specifically? Let me just like back up, make sure I well, have all yeah. in my head. Um, <laughs> to <laughs> to put it uh, as simply as possible, like you know, we've made the argument that like um, part of why this romance between Nana and Hachi isn't realized is because of like it's unutterable in some way. 
Um, but now we have here like these examples where it seems like it, it actually is um, like utterable um, and that they, they do have this context where like, yeah, no, it, it, they could like talk about this. This could be like realized and articulated and all of these things. Um, but then like, it's not, it's still denied. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so for one thing, I think a lot of the inaudible stuff comes more from Hachi's side. And that's where we get all of the stuff around, like, I always wanted to be a bride, that kind of stuff as well. Um, that's like providing that context more from her side about why she continues to move away from this. Even when she has those moments where like, she thinks about what it would be like if Nana was having sex with a, a girl while she's laying on her back in bed, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. There's still all these ways that she like has the thoughts and then steers away and has these, these um, ideas. And some of it is inutterable. Uh, we got the, the even, and I, I don't know if the Japanese words here are specifically tying together, but like, she's a weird one comes up as Nana thinking not about Hachi, but then Hachi thought about, am I weird as in like, you know, queer mm-hmm. earlier. Um, but I think from, from Nana's side, we're kind of seeing like, there are these ways that it comes up. Ren in particular is the one who um, I think is the most just like supportive of this idea that like Nana and Hachi could, you know, Nana could pursue this with Hachi. Uh, yeah. And we're going to get stuff later on where, like, he is intentionally going to ask Takumi, what ring did you get for Hachi? Because I want to get it for Nana, which we can talk more when we get to it, but feels like an intentional move towards, like, I think that there would be something significant for both of them having the same ring, which there is, mm-hmm. you know, as it progresses. Um, so I think that that's part of, like, you know all the stuff in here. And then it's like, why from, from Nana, Nana's perspective, why why does she not pursue this when she's being encouraged? Um, One is the, as we see, and we'll continue to see like her difficulties with uh, communicating her actual wants, uh, which come up sometimes, but often seems to be with especially trusted people or people who are able to read into more of what she's actually saying than she is. Um, we don't actually get entirely what she's saying where Ren says, Oh, do you want to have sex with Hachi? (laughs) Um, the other thing is like, this stuff is happening where Nana is getting this encouragement. Um, and there's a, a degree to which we will see her like starting to try to connect with Hachi more, but Takumi is going to come in here and ruin everything. Yeah. Um, and so there's also this like way that, uh, some things are, are currently on a course, um, that I think is also part of, yeah, is going to disrupt it, disrupt it from this moment where it's like perhaps more possible than ever that they would just get together. Um, you know, at least up until this point. Um, yeah, I think the other thing, um, Nana, Nana's relationship with sex, uh, I think, well, it's never said for sure one way or the other, but 
I think at this point in the story, um, and probably by, by the end of the, <laughs> the, the story as well, um, I think Ren is the only person that she's, that we're given to understand that she has had sex with. Yeah. Um, and so even though there is that, like, you know, her, the flirtatious element where she's like, uh, projecting sexuality and then kissing the groupies and stuff like that. Um, her, her like actual sexuality in terms of who she has sex with and how, um, it's like only, it's only Ren. Um, and so I think there's, we could look at that more closely as well, where it's like, well, what is her, um, her relationship to her own sexuality? Um, cause it's not so, um, I guess what I'm saying is like, uh, it might be a, uh, it's not a given or it's not like just uh, a, an obvious given thing that like, oh, well, if Nana wanted to have sex with Hachi, then she just would because that's like, it would be that easy. Um, yeah. Like clearly she has like much uh, deeper like feelings about her own sexuality um, and is more like conservative um, in these ways than um than many of the other characters obviously yeah um and i mean we get all of the backstory with the red dress and stuff that also points at reasons why there might be ways that she's hesitant in that you know um ren's this person who she's like had this extended relationship with and is having sex with um and that's not Again, we see her use like her her position as somebody who would be sexually desirable, often to get attention. But yeah, I I don't think we ever see her have sex with anybody else other than Ren. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's something. That the other. I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. The other thing here that I think is, is as much as talking me, um, the wrench in why do why do things get messed up at this point in the story. Um, is there's all these feelings that Nana has around motherhood because, and also just parenthood. Like she never knew her father. Her father was just like some, you know, anonymous man, some guy that her mother slept with once. Um, and then her mom abandoned her and then she was raised by, by her grandma. And especially like motherhood is the thing that will, will come up as a, uh, issue for Nana. Um, but like, parents in general is sort of a, a thing that she struggles with. Um, we also get this like figured right before we're going to go into learning about Hachi's pregnancy and everything where, uh, you know, it's the morning after, um, you know, the waking up, uh, Ryan gets some phone call and Nana gets up as well. Uh, and we just get the shot of her taking her pills. Um, mm-hmm. There's not even like much commentary on it here, but it's already sort of figuring this as a, a thing where, you know, some of it, I, I think some of the stuff that will come up when we get further into it is like one, like, could you love Takumi's child? But also like parenthood is probably a thing that is hard for Nana just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, uh, but we also immediately in here with her taking her pills, get some of the, the first like actual big hints, uh, like really flagging Ren and how he's going to die. Um, where Ren says, uh, you didn't have to get up. You'll die young if you do what I do, which implies if you do what he does and he's doing it, he will also die young, uh, which we know that he will. Um, and then we get the, the conversation with the car. He has this, you know, um, him driving in this like big muscle car, I think, or I guess we get the, the actual conversation later, um, about like crashing the car and everything. Um, but even here, immediately after he says, you know, you'll die if you do what I do, he's then in the car that he's going to die in. Um, yeah. And moreover, so, um, this being linked to uh, the emotional landscape of uh, Ren and Nana's relationship, because we have the uh, voiceover from Nana in the midst of this um, saying... Um, in those days, I spent about half my time at Ren's, but because of our schedules, we didn't see each other much. And the times we were together, we just wanted to do it, so there wasn't much time to talk about us. Um, so, you know, there's another angle to think about the role of sex in their relationship. Um, and then she goes on to say, but I thought that was for the best, not talking about things that would make us uncomfortable. Um, and this is interspersed and then, then we get the the next two panels are Ren in the car smoking and his speedometer um, with the big vrooms showing like he's accelerating. Um, and that's also heavy foreshadowing for the sequence where, where he'll die later, um, where we get shots of the speedometer there, um, him driving too fast and, and so on. Um, but it's also uh, part of the context of when that when that happens and why it happens is the exact stuff that Nanda is talking about um in their relationship right now um yeah so it's not just ren's like uh coincidental foreshadowing where he's like oh you'll die young he's not really me he's joking um but he, he's like saying these joking things that the, the yeah, they do end up being foreshadowing. Um, but then also like Nana talking about the the nature of the relationship. Um, that's the other prong of the foreshadowing where like this is actually the causal, <laughs> um, the really significant like, um, the more like, I don't intend this pun, but the more pregnant like with meaning part of the the foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, oh, and then the paparazzi, of course, being yeah. also part of the foreshadowing. Yeah, because that's also a, a reason for the, the car crash um, yeah. or is a another factor in it. Um, we uh, get this a little bit with. Uh, so they're talking about the paparazzi. Uh, they talk about what to eat with because um this may have been what i was misremembering with the paparazzi paparacchio being pickled onion um that's served with uh racchio being the pickled onion served with curry um and they're talking about various things to to put on curry um including raw egg which takami says takami says is plebeian 
Um, but of course this immediately gets connected with, uh, Hachi working, doing the promotions, uh, where she has to sell curry. Um, and, uh, the smell of it, she gets sick and, uh, you know, the first instance of morning sickness seemingly. Um, and then as she's like leaving, thinking about, "Mm, I'm having this feeling I should go to the pharmacy, uh, you know, get a, a birth control test. Um, we get this panel of her sort of looking towards the pharmacy while Takumi cracks a raw egg to put onto his curry. Um, and one, and there's like weird sort of s- surreal transposition of like Hachi onto the standing on the plate. Yeah. And one, I think that, uh, there's probably some sort of like, uh, egg joke here, you know? Yes. Eggs, baby. Uh, but I think also a thing that's happening here is this is like, like, I think there's a certain amount to which Takumi is going to crack this egg on the curry, this plebeian thing, but is thinking about Hashi when he does it, I think is the other thing implied here. Um, that he is like doing this thing that is not entirely his image. Um, it is this again, plebeian curry. (laughs) Um, But that is, like, a thing that is suggesting some affection that he has for her, uh, as much as we think he's an absolute asshole, which he is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yep, 100%. Um, well, and then to to put an even stronger point on, on what you're saying, uh, we have the next page where uh, I think the dialogue um, elucidates this. Um, we're talking, he says, well, Ren sits down. And, and even, uh, the panel itself, like, has a little note saying plebeian curry under Takumi's curry. Um, yeah. like, just making fun of Takumi further. Um, but Ren sees this and says, you're eating it. Um, like, right after he, he dismissed it as plebeian food. Yeah. Um, and then Takumi says, well, I don't usually think about curry, but when someone mentions it, I crave it insanely. Why? And Ren says, it means that no matter what you say, you like it. Um, and yeah. then Takumi uh, has this like shocked, <laughs> we just get the ellipsis in his speech bubble and then him looking away um, because he's, uh, he, he can't respond because Ren just like has him dead to rights here. Yeah. Well, then he says, uh, I can't wait till it's over. Um, Ren says what? And then he says summer break, which is obviously referring to, you know, Misato is staying here over summer. You can't come over. Yeah. Um, so, so all of this being um, revolving around Hachi. Um, yeah. I mean, even this thing here of, I don't usually think about Hachi, but when someone mentions her, I crave her insanely. Why? Exactly. <laughs> also feels like it could apply to him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it means that no matter what you say, you like her. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, the there's no i do think this is part of the humor like the cheeky thing with the the raw egg and the egg cracking and then that being related to the pregnancy um it's another case of well let me back up so the curry and takumi's feelings about the curry is tied to hachi and it's got like a proxy uh for or an analog for his feelings about Hachi. Um, and then the specific content of those feelings is like, he says one thing and then 
but what he his actual sentiment is another. Um, or he says one thing and does another. And then the egg being tied to Hachi's pregnancy, Hachi's pregnancy, wherein Takami wants Takami says one thing and does another, right? Where he's like, mm-hmm. pregnancy, that would suck. I don't want anything to do with that. Um, such an inconvenience. Such an inconvenience. And then, like, when she actually does get pregnant, um, then all of a sudden he craves, <laughs> he craves it in- <laughs> intensely. Um, or just, like, fully uh, invests into it um, for for reasons we'll, we'll discuss. But uh, yeah. a lot going on in this scene here. It's some more foreshadowing. Um, we get this conversation with, uh, then Misato and Shin. Um, one thing here too, that's, you know, a little bit of comedic foreshadowing. Um, there's the part where Shin is explaining a temporary contract by saying it's like engagement. Um, they're trying to get the stuff together for a wedding reception first. Uh, and so this is the don't screw around with anyone else. Even if someone approaches you with a better offer, um, while you can train to be beautiful brides. Uh, so, uh, piling on the, uh, the, um, dramatic irony. analogs. Yeah. yeah or the irony analogs. or the, yeah, the more and more analogs here talking about marriage um, and pregnancy. And then we get, um, Shin saying, uh, you know, he doesn't think that, uh, he doesn't believe that both of his parents are Japanese and that he wishes he was never born. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about this too much now, or we can maybe talk about it more in the context of the conversation later. Yeah, we'll we'll defer it. Um, yeah, because this I, will continue think... to come up. So We're it's like a line that. that that shows up here, but uh, we'll get developed a lot more. So yeah, um, uh, some more like great structuring here uh, in this chapter. I wish I'd never been born. Next page, Hachi having her positive pregnancy test. Yeah. Uh, so Shin's feelings about like parenthood as well, um, becoming part of the like matrix of um, different people's feelings uh, around like pregnancy and and parenthood. Um, and then while Hachi is like, you know, almost in fetal position, looking at the pregnancy test um, on the toilet. Uh, this recurrence of Nana being like, oh, this mansion is small potatoes. You should see the mansion, uh, that I'm going to get, um, which of course is like related to the whole Hachi wanting to have a, a house for Hachi to go home to. Um, yep. Some very tight, uh, <laughs> very tight structuring here. Um, yeah. Building out this web of, of, uh, illusions. Um, um, Nana's voiceover now, uh, following the mansion. Uh, I don't know if you want to touch on this. Yeah. Uh, back then I was pursuing my dreams, so I hit a lot of my goals, but I lost something irreplaceable. I lived fast and furious, never looking back with no regrets at all. Now there's only one thing I regret. Hey, Hachi, I wonder if you're happy now. Um, and of course the final, Hey Hachi, I wonder if you're happy now is like full field position now on the toilet. 
after getting yeah. a positive. Um, you know, at uh, home pregnancy test. Then we have this uh, page break, basically. Um, and then the final page of the chapter. Where... Uh, I think this might be the start of the next chapter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, then, uh, yeah, start of the next chapter immediately going uh, into Nana's own feelings about um, the like possibility of her having kids. Yeah. Um, I knew Ren wanted to have kids. I knew I could still sing and have kids. I think I was just too scared to become a mother. Um, one thing I, I want to bring up here as just a thing that we can think about. This is like a fan theory that I've seen um, that I don't think there's clear evidence for, but I want to keep it in the back of my mind as we get more, especially about the future. Um, so I don't remember if this comes up actually in the English translation, but I think at least from the Japanese one uh from like the words that they use for like brother and sister um that uh satsuki who's the uh like daughter that hachi has that we see um is the i think younger sister of ren uh hachi's child who's with takumi um in in uh in the present in the actual yeah. present. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ren is the older brother, um, and Satsuki lives in England is the... Talking yeah. And Satsuki is the younger sister. Um, there is a fan theory that... So, Ren would obviously be Hachi's child. Um, we As we get to, like, the end of, like, chapter 21, we get Ren giving the name Satsuki, um... And we get this stuff about, like, you know, thank you for, like, giving the name to my child. Uh, but then, obviously, her child is going to be a boy, and they're going to name after Ren because Ren has died. That's, like, the clear implication there. There is a fan theory that Satsuki is not the child of Takumi and um, Hachi, but is the child of Ren and Nana. That Nana had, like, you know, something with the the... Uh, birth control went wrong before he died uh, has the child but is too scared to be a mother and runs away like her own mother did and mm. uh, Hachi adopts Satsuki that is also why uh, Ren who would be the child of, of Takumi is with Takumi but Nana is still keeping like Satsuki and is not having her go over there you know mm-hmm. um, so this this is one potential theory uh, that also then ties into these ideas of like, I think I was just too scared to become a mother um, as one of the things thinking about back about everything that, that broke out. Obviously we'll never know the actual answer to this stuff because I mean, I guess we will if it ever gets finished, but um, the chap, the, the manga remains unfinished. So these are all speculations. Um, but I, I think, you know, I've seen it enough that I want to consider that possibility that Nana does actually become a mother. Um, and that's also part of everything that, that happens. Um, but also in here, I think this, like, I'm too scared to be a mother, uh, to become a mother is also part of what is going to cause this rift to grow rather than, um, close between Nana and Hachi. Um, yeah. And why she might not, you know, consummate, uh, consummate. <laughs> these feelings that she has for Hachi, uh, you know, take that however you will. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, because now now Hachi um, is a mother, and being together would entail yes. Nana becoming uh, a mother as well, or like some sort of parent figure. Um, and then that has this emotional, like, um, is an emotional barrier that like yeah. starts to give the concrete um, explanation or another concrete like reason why. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right, uh, and Nobu thinks so too, because <laughs> I think this is the subtext of uh, Nobu calling Nana out later, which we are getting closer to. <laughs> uh, so, do you want to move into chapter twenty six? Yeah. Um. So we start off. We're back with Ren and Nana. This is a different uh sometime in the future, it seems like. Uh yeah. Do you think or do you do you think this is the same uh same scene, same night? Um, no, this is later no, on. Cause, yeah, because he would have he would have uh driven off. Yeah, right. Uh, so this is later on. Yeah. Uh, one note here, uh, there's this old anime about an orphaned bee, uh, Minashigo Hachi, that he, he wanted uh, Nana to record for him. Um, one, I think there's like a little bit of a joke because like, um, Hachi, you know, Hachi. Hachi yeah. Uh, I think it's slightly different. Uh, there's, there is the like, um, you know, the, the TCH that's like indicated by, um, I forget the how you say it's like but it's like the little two that means that you're like sort of repeating basically you're doing a glottal stop before you do the next um syllable uh but obviously yeah there's a little bit of like a hachi coming up here uh but also i did look into it the final episode of this which he says is in in particular like the great one that you should see is it's about these uh orphaned bees um and at the in the final episode they find their mother finally um, and like reunite with the mother. Um, so that's also part of what's being brought up here. Um, uh, and him being like, it's great. You know, we're all orphans. Uh, tape the show. You know, the final me. episode. Yeah. The final episode, uh, will make you cry. Cause you know, they, they reunite with the mom and the mom is so sweet. Um, whereas like Nana's like, <laughs> you go cry by yourself. I'm going to bed, you know, uh, not having it. Yeah. Um, just like this comedic note driving home. Um, some of this tension here as well. Yep. Um, then we get Hachi and Misato. Uh, the n- notable thing happening here uh, b- being that Hachi, Hachi is trying to conceal her pregnancy from... Um, Misato, and then by extension, everybody else. Um, she she asked Misato, "Don't tell Anana or anyone that I'm sick. I don't want them to worry, or I don't want to worry them when they have so much other stuff going on." Yeah. Uh, so of course that's true, but <laughs> she also doesn't want them to know that she's pregnant. Um, but there's also this little moment too of her almost becoming uh motherly towards Misato, being like, "You have to finish all your homework today." <laughs> Yeah, with the um, glasses. Yeah, 
<laughs> Which is also, I think, kind of... I don't know if it's if this is the actual reference. It feels like it's referencing that uh, mean lady at the, the publishing job <laughs> as yes. well. Um, yeah, it, do- it does look like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it also gives this certain, like, uh, you know, motherly... You, you got to do your homework. <laughs> um, you're the kid Agreed. and I'm the mom who's telling you, you got to finish your, your summer homework. Um, yeah, then we get, uh, do we want to talk about like the two OBGYN scenes sort of, or I guess we can talk what's in between, but um, <clears throat> it's significant yeah, I, that we, we get two scenes here. Yeah. Uh, I think we should. Um, yeah. Cause I, I want to think about um, one of the things that I want to think about <laughs> as we go through the rest is Hachi's decision and the that whole process of her arriving at the decision that she comes to. Um, yeah. And then, like, the, for lack of a better word, the advice that she gets. Um, and then how we, like, think about or evaluate <laughs> the advice um, the interactions that she has with the with other people that help yeah. shape the decision, and the OBGYN uh, visit is the first and uh, the first one, and and seems like an important one. Yeah. Um. So, I'm uh, skipping a little bit in the because some of the stuff is just the initial, like you know, when was your last period, that kind of stuff. Um, there's the part where, uh, we get the shot of like the table she has to go lay on, um, as well as then like her perspective, looking up at like the light and the curtain. Um, there's like this sense of the invasiveness here, um, Mm -hmm. that I think also in some ways evokes like, uh, some of the, like, we're going to get like a more, I think explicit rape from Takumi later, but also some of the other stuff where it's been, uh, at least like the, the, the actual consent around it is, um, not as clear as it probably should be. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And forceful. Yes. At at minimum. Yeah. Um, and of course at the top in the darkness, I can't deal with inconveniences like that. And then in the light down below, Nobu saying, I believe in you, Nana, and I'll be waiting. Um, And this already setting up, like, part of what is going to happen is this sort of switch in Takumi is going to be the one saying, I'll support the kid. Nobu is going to be the one who's going to be like, um, I can't deal. Yeah, I can't deal with this. And like, not exactly like that, but. Yeah, but, like, I thought you said that you broke it off with him, all of that kind of stuff. Him being, like, more concerned about that. Um, but we also get the the uh, doctor here giving the sonogram of the little embryo. Um, known tactic, uh, put in requirements of laws to try and discourage abortions. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, says you can keep the ultrasound photo if you like. Um, I mean, I think that this, this like doctor here is just trying to be nice, but, um, is obviously she'll even say, you know, I saw the ultrasound and that's when I felt like I needed to keep the baby. Um, yeah. 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 So that being um, part of, um, there is some degree of 
well, I mean, you already said it. <laughs> um, there's a social element uh, yeah. coming in here. Um, and then, you know, the, the no of you should decide if you want to have an abortion soon because the sooner the easier. Um, and, uh, and then you, saying, can, oh, you okay, can keep the ultrasound photo. Yeah. Uh, and she says, okay, um, over, you know, they're near the train station, uh, seeing Misato off. Um, and Misato is talking about Shin, you know, grew up overseas, uh, which how she says that makes sense. He didn't know about Tanabata. There's like other weird stuff about him, uh, that makes sense if he didn't grow up in Japan. Um, uh, but then we also get the, um, bit about uh there's another thing i'm worried about about what shin told me uh i assumed he was half japanese so without thinking i told him i didn't believe his parents or both his parents were japanese and then shin told me he didn't believe it either and then he said that he wished he'd never been born um which immediately we get nana with the thinking about her mother leaving i'll come back to get you nana i'll come get you soon um so you know this immediately evoking uh these feelings in nana around motherhood and uh you know we will get her version of um you know rejecting your parents from rejecting yourself are two different things um you know shin's not a kid anymore he should be able to figure out why he deserves to exist you can determine your own fate um which this is like, and, and then also immediately puts it in his purpose in life is to be in the band and work towards <laughs> your ma- major label uh, release that Misato says. Um, and Misato's like, oh yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> that yeah. resolves this. Um, one thing that stood out to me about this is I'm not saying that Nana is completely off base uh, with what she says, but what seems to happen in this scene for me is that so again shin's comment is uh that he wishes he'd never been born uh and then nana like drifts off into her recollection of uh her her own abandonment and then says and then gives a response that seems to be talking almost entirely about herself and yeah. not about like the content of what Shin is saying. Um, yeah. Cause she says, Oh no, rejecting your parents and rejecting yourself are two different things. Um, well, Shin's not really re- rejecting the, the comment. I wish I'd never been born. Uh, the thrust of that doesn't seem to be rejecting his parents. It seems to be rejecting himself. Yeah, Misato um, seems the, to be correct that that kind yeah. of thinking is like denying your own existence. Yeah, and but then Nana is like, oh no, he's just rejecting his parents, which is like, that's what Nana is doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, and then like making this uh, comment uh, that again is about her, but now getting closer to like relevancy, uh, relevancy again, where she's saying. Shin, well, Shin's not a kid anymore. 
Well, we can debate whether or not that's uh, how accurate that is, or if that is just um, Nana again being wrong about Shin and having the wrong uh, perspective that um, is not is not going to help him. Um, yeah, but then he should it, be able to figure out why he deserves to exist, um, and that seems to uh, to be getting back to um, something that's maybe more relevant for Shen. Yeah, um, but also there is this way that uh, I think in seeing a similarity in like their feelings towards um, you know parents and being a child of like absent parents and things uh nana often kind of assumes that shin is just like her um has the same feelings about it that she does and all of that um yeah that i think is also part of why she continues to like you know not reach out when he's clearly crying out for help Uh, yeah and and to be very fair um i think this is something that's just really extremely easy to do as a human being um, that like, I mean, I do this as well um, where if there is some like something that somebody else is facing uh, that has a, that's something that I've struggled with or I, like has a lot of meaning for me. Um, it's very easy to just like apply the immediate f- the framework that you that you nurture uh in yourself um that like has helped you or that drives you or whatever um it's so easy to just like default to that um and then really if you when you do that you you miss a lot or everything <laughs> um yeah because you, you can really misunderstand uh misread the situation or misunderstand like the specific differences and nuances of what's going on with the other person. Um, so this really like, I don't mean to give Nana a hard time about this. I mean, this moment really rings true, uh, for me yeah. as well. Um, one other thing I want to note before, you know, they see me Sato off. Um, so we get, uh, you know, Misato saying, Nana, uh, do you think you could stay at the apartment tonight? Hachiko hasn't been feeling well lately. Um, and so Nana, like, you know, decides, like, you know, you're says eventually, you're right, Misato, I'll be home tonight, so don't worry. Like, she's going to go see Hachi after practice. Um, is, like, all shocked that she had to go see a doctor. It must be kind of bad. And then Hachi says, like, the doctor said I'm all right, so I'm all right. Um, and in this moment, Nana's like, that's not the point. Like, I'm going to be there. Um, all of that. I think this is important to, like, keep in mind when we get to a scene later where this comes up, but, um, yeah. And then, uh, let me see. Um, we get a little bit of like Nana's interiority towards Misato here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to cover this or, or move on a little. Yeah, we should, we should move on. Yeah. Um, we're um, already almost out of yeah, time because the- we're stopping at two hours. <laughs> Uh, so we get this conversation between, um, then afterwards between just Nana and Hachi, um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're speculating about like, you know, maybe, um, Shin's like, uh, 
mother had like an affair overseas and then like they broke up or something. Um, but he, but like she still wanted to keep the baby. Um, and this of course ends up like causing this, they're, they're sort of talking about this thing that's happening to, with Hachi, but not aware or Nana's not aware of that. Um, yeah. And so Nana's like, uh, you know, even if the guy she was having an affair with used condoms, you can't be totally sure. You've got to be careful when you're having sex. I mean, the guy might not put it on right. Um, am I the this only one who worries about anxiety that? projecting? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, her anxiety about, you know, potentially getting pregnant. Um, and then, uh, you know, says Shin's parents are irresponsible and to blame. If you can't raise a kid right, you should, shouldn't have a baby. There are too many crazy parents in this world. Um, so, you know, clearly having this, like, you should have a, you shouldn't have a kid unless you're like able to financially take care of the kid. Um, be responsible. Really intending like, to. Yeah. Um, which of course, Hashi's in this, like, I, I want to have this baby, even though it's not the smartest decision from a, a lot of different angles. Um, yeah. like I didn't intend to, but now I'm think like starting to want to without, yeah. ha- and, but I don't have answers for any of these other things that like you're like slamming <laughs> people for not um, having. And then Hachi is thinking of Nana saying, I haven't seen my mother since I was four. Who knows? Maybe she died in the gutter and is one sort of responding, like defending herself, but I think also trying to respond to Nana in this way of like, Oh, let me, um, you know, I don't think that, yeah, let me like also try and appeal to you in, in like the feelings you might have about your own mom. Um, where it's like, I don't think it's just she wasn't thinking when she had the baby. She couldn't raise the kid right because um, there must have been circumstances beyond her control. When you get pregnant, of course you want to have the baby and raise it. Um, so there's some of like, maybe your mom left for reasons beyond her control. Um, as I think part of what she's saying, but there's also mm-hmm. this like, I also want to have, like, of course I want to have this baby and raise it. Um, and like, you know, try to find the ways that I can, um, even if there's stuff out of my control. And then of course, not as like, why of course? Um, and then Hachi has this, um, I don't know, maternal instinct, uh, which then immediately cuts to Nana at the OB, the same OBGYN talking about the renewal for birth control. Um, and has this, uh, question of like do all women have maternal instinct is this something all women are supposed to have uh and again this doctor just uh, again she seems nice but i i don't think is actually that great at helping out women who are uh in trouble or uh distressed about various things says i guess so (laughs) there have been many (laughs) uh there have been studies studies. but Yeah, just because it exists doesn't mean it manifests itself the same way in all women. It's all relative, right? Um, But obviously we get this feeling that something is wrong with her because she does not have this feeling. Um, Yeah. And the the fact that she's still... We don't know how much later this is, uh, but we, we see how powerful the idea, like Hachi saying this, is for Nana because she's still like deeply contemplating it. Um, However much time later 
when when she shows up to the OBGYN and is like struggling with it. Yeah. I mean, I think this must be the same day because we then get the practice. Um, Nana is going to come over after practice as you know, Mm -hmm. I highlighted before. Um, And so this is where, uh, you know, we, we get various um, things coming up here with like, uh, you know, she came over every night until just recently. Um, Nobu being like, why isn't Hachi coming over <laughs> basically to have sex? Uh, Nana says, maybe she's on the rag. Um, but then we also get the, uh, well, she was kind of sick. That's why she didn't like come over uh, to, to the practice. And immediately Nobu wants to leave. Uh, Shin seemingly wants to leave also. Although, is this him immediately trying to go see Hachi or just smoke in the toilet? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, as Nobu wants to go and see Hachi, she immediately repeats the stuff that Hachi said to her of, it's just a stomach ache, the doctor said so too, so she'll be fine. Um, She's still planning to go over after practice, but she's going to, like, repeat the same things that Hachi said. Um, in order to like stop it from one, I think there's the like selfish, like we need to practice and then we'll go over. Um, Mm -hmm. is there a certain amount that she wants to be the one to go over (laughs) and be the one to see Yachi? Um, or that, yeah. And and maybe also her wanting this to be the case. Yeah. Um, That she's not Um, actually sick or, or majorly ill. Um, and so yeah. then she's like just kind of dismissing it. Uh, but this is also a thing that we've seen with her before. I don't remember like specific instances, but where someone will say something to her and she'll in the moment seem to have a very contradictory reaction to it. But then later on, we'll just repeat that like advice or whatever was told her to someone else. We'll like pass it on. Um, so I think there's also this way that she like, you know, we'll have the immediate reaction, but then think about it and be like, well, okay, I'm going to like do this thing that this person that I care about said, or, you know, follow the advice they gave or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Shin goes to the bathroom to smoke his cigarette. Yeah. Uh, overhears a conversation between Kawano and uh, not previously introduced character Matsuo. Um, but they're both work at the label and they're talking about blast. Um, and, uh, Matsuo is pessimistic about their commercial prospects. Um, and Kawano being there, like the one who has brought them in, um, is trying to persuade, uh, Matsuo, but the whole, um, level of the conversation is uh the commercialism of the band um and in this moment shin finding out that the world that they've entered now uh like on the major label um will be a world where uh the like commercial potential of the band becomes the most the predominant consideration uh, or if not predominant, like 
increasingly uh, powerful consideration um, controlling their their lives and their music. Um, and also that some of this like initial contract with Kwano is like, you know, I, uh, but don't, don't you think that's what teenagers are into? I used to wear them when I was young. Um, <clears throat> there's like a certain amount to which it's like his just pet project to like get a punk band, you know? Um, cause he, he was a punk when he was a kid. It's also the vibe here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, but all this stuff about like, oh, you know, the company won't want to spend money on a new punk band considering the risks or knowing the risks and considering the current economy. Um, and, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, yeah. And then Shin remembering um, either Nobu or Nana's line earlier. Uh, this isn't a playground. Um, so now this line being recontextualized in Shin's memory as he's hearing the this conversation. Um, but uh, with the recon- being recontextualized, having this new meaning of like, oh yeah, no, this like uh, the label blast, like this new world we've entered into, like is not a playground and this is not like play anymore. Um, this yeah. is work. And also throwing out the uh, barely smoked cigarette. Uh, into the, into the toilet here. Yeah. Um, which then cuts to uh, Hachi throwing up into the toilet. Um, uh, we also get uh, Takami coming over, um, which... Got a lot happens the, in this chapter. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the doorbell rings. Uh, Hachi thinks that it is Nana at first. You know, I'll be home tonight. Um is about to unlock it and remembers the note. Make sure to keep the door locked and don't open it without checking to see who it is first. Uh, and so asks Nana. Um, Takami says it's me. And, you know, he's saying open up and she's like remaining silent, um, seeming to struggle, but seemingly wants to not open the door um, mm. until he then does the lie. Oh, no, someone's coming. Um and then she, you know, flips it open, lets him in, and he says, don't believe everything I say. Um, it's really coming in as a scumbag here. Um, yep. Yeah, but, tricks her. Uh, d- yeah. Uses yeah. deception to get into the apartment. Um, taking advantage of her concern for him. Um, being like, oh, someone's coming. Um I guess no, presumably knowing that she's like not going to want something bad to happen to him. Um, like to get caught by this, you know, paparazzi or whatever. Um, and then let's, uh, and then she lets him in immediately tells him to go away. He doesn't. Um, and then she's clearly in emotional distress. Uh, talking to me says, what should I do? What if I don't want to leave? Uh, which <laughs> doesn't really seem to matter. Uh, I guess from the perspective of the reader, you would say, uh, well, what if you don't want to leave? Well, that is someone telling you to leave. You should <laughs> just, like, it's not about what you want, dude. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't like if someone wants you to leave their home, it doesn't, this is not a scenario where like 
your opinion about it matters that much. <laughs> um, um, but this is, uh, this is a trait that Takumi has. Um, the like extreme egotism where he will, um, he will often go back to this like selfishness or egotism um, in a, in various scenarios where um, like someone else is struggling or something bad is happening. Um, and then Takumi will be like, well, but what about what I want? <laughs> um, yeah. And, and often caring the most about that uh, above really anything else. Yeah. Um, and then Nana gets sick again, or Hachi gets sick again. Um, and I, I think the reactions that we get, again, the, the like expressions and reactions on faces are so important in Nana. Um, so, you know, he's like, Hey, that's not funny. Um, when she's throwing up, uh, you know, do you need to go see a doctor? Um, is it morning sickness? I didn't use condoms, which I, you know, still kind of doing this like charming ha ha face. Um, mm-hmm. and then she shouts, uh, I'll get an abortion. So don't worry. There's the certain shock of like, he was maybe kind of joking around still when he was saying that. Um, and then, uh, you don't have to take responsibility. I was just a fool and maybe it's my boyfriend's baby. And then we get the, you know, look in his eye. Um, and then when she says, just go, please don't come back. We get this complete shift in his expression. He's like, you know, his whole expression is, I think I could describe as being crueler. Um, yeah. Colder. Yeah. 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 Uh, your boyfriend, you mean Nobu. Um, and then, oh, I get it. And, you know, while she's, uh, still washing up in the sink, um, you know, and thinks of, she's thinking of the line, I want you all to myself. Um, he locks himself in her bedroom to call Nobu. Yeah. Uh, or locks her in the bathroom, I guess would be it. Uh, well, no. So this is, he goes into Hachi's bedroom. Cause oh, that's like I her see. nightstand. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And locks the door. Um, uh, and then of course we get the, they've got, uh, garlic that's supposed to be good for stomach aches. Um, Nana again here, you're coming over. If she didn't call, she's probably asleep. You know, she wants to be alone with, with Hachi gets figured here again. Um, and Nobu's like, I want to at least see her sleeping face. (laughs) Um, and then hot Hachi calls quote unquote, but it's Takumi. Um, and we get the beginning of this conversation. Um, this is also where he says he has not said to Hachi yet, but says on the phone to Nobu. Uh, but no matter who the father is, if Nana wants to keep the baby, I plan to recognize the baby as mine and take care of them both. Um, so, I, I think clearly, and we can get into this more as the conversation goes on, but this is the most like manipulative, cruel, um, abusive thing. I think Takumi has done. Um, yeah. I mean, absolutely. obviously is locking Hachi out is calling Nobu, Taking making it phone. about them. Um, 
has not talked to Hachi at all about this and is calling up Nobu saying, Hey, you know, if, uh, she wants to keep the baby, I'm going to recognize it and take care of them both. Um, which saying this on the phone implies they've had more of a conversation about this. Um, but instead this is just his immediate reaction. Um, yeah, it's not the form of care that you would, uh, expect in like a healthy, relationship uh at at a juncture like this um and it seems like for there's like this brief flash of a moment where uh when when talk me first comes in and hachi is like throwing up where he's like hey like are you okay leans over uh is like holding her do you need to go to the doctor um where you you may be fooled into thinking like, oh well, this is is talking me actually gonna like come in and be like concerned and supportive, um, and maybe maybe that is true uh, in this moment uh, to a degree um, that this is like part of what's happening. Uh, but then there's there's really that shift when that you pointed out uh, when Hachi says maybe it's my boyfriend's baby. Um, meaning Nobu, and then talking to me, understanding that she means Nobu. Uh, and then, even as he is like making this pronouncement of like, oh, I'll be there for you and support the baby and blah, blah, blah. Um, the whole context of this is like, uh, is, is quite abusive. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's also it's immediately going. Her- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, one is denying her, like, certain agency over, like, uh, who gets told and when. Um, you know, her being able to have a conversation with him about this, like, you know, I'll take care of the baby before he goes and says that. The- He's, like, clearly going into this mode to manipulate the situation so that Nobu will come in and be having a worse reaction than he might otherwise. Is yeah. like, part of what's happening here. Trying to establish, like, this claim or this control, um, yeah. like, immediately. Um, and trying to, like, set up this sense that, uh, you know, they were in communication rather than, like, he literally just showed up and found out that she was pregnant by by happenstance. Yeah, um, yeah. and that will continue to be... And, and we see Nobu being, like, that this ploy by to talk by talking me succeeding in like confusing nobu uh because then nobu is like wait why did she tell takumi uh well she didn't tell takumi he broke into her apartment <laughs> and like happened to see her uh having having morning sickness you know yeah um so uh, the context is like buried and then that influences the the course of events um there's a way that it's also it's cutting her off. Um, not all of this is Takumi's doing, um, but there's like an intention there to cut her off from support. Um, yeah. With like Nobu and Nana, um, and there, there are several things that he does 
intentionally and unintentionally um that does like cut her off um and and then in turn influences the um the course of events yeah um and of course we get the the voiceover from nana here of ohachi i still believe that your life is what you make of it which is also kind of referencing the stuff with shin Mm -hmm. uh but now i understand that not everybody can be strong all the time i'm nicer to people now um and then i think we get the the stuff before the next chapter um so yeah chapter 27 uh so one, we get this uh, image of a uh, trapness poster. Um, and here, Reira, we don't see whose hand it's holding, but then on the, the next splash page, we see that it's Takami's. <clears throat> um, but then also there's this voiceover, which, again, I think, given the shift in perspective, <clears throat> we can assume is Nana's. Um, mm-hmm. But trap nest means a motherly nest that comes with a trap. Once you're there, in there, you can never get out. It's a typical name that a guy who's afraid of strong women would think up. Um, obviously figuring motherhood, um, being stuck or trapped in some way, uh, Takami being somehow linked to a motherly nest that comes with a trap. <laughs> um and then also setting up this uh, Takami Reira stuff. Yeah. Uh, with the image. Um, uh, Ren and Kinoshida. Uh, Kinoshida being a new character. Is like... Yeah, we've uh, maybe yeah. seen him in the background. Maybe. I don't... I'm not sure, but this is the first time he's like... I mean, we saw him, I think, briefly once before, but... Yeah. Um, but introduced here. Um, yeah. And is like uh, an employee of the label working for Trap Nest as like an attendant, basically. Um, or I guess I don't know what if, if his specific job is revealed later. Um, but he's kind of just like. Seems like just an all around like attendant um, driving ran around. Or offering to drive him around and um, all that. Yeah. The thing emerging from this conversation. Uh, I mean, we already mentioned the, the you know, prefiguring Ren's death, but. Yeah. Um, but then it turns out Kinoshida has. Uh, with the, the car, the fast car. Yeah. Totaling it. Uh, and if I get in a rack and total it, you're more worried about the car than you are about me. Um, but yeah, we learned that this car is a thing that, that Takami wants him to drive for the image. Um, you know, a, a cool, uh, muscle car here, you know, being good for, for the band's image. Um, but then we, we get this way that like, uh, Ren at first is, is talking about like, um, cause, cause, um, but Kinoshida? Yeah, yeah, Kinoshida. Um, you know, he's basically saying, like, it was so great when you just did, like, raw punk rock, you know? Uh, your Sex Pistols tribute was so cool. Um, all of that. Now you just write songs like Takumi tells you to. Um, 
and Rena has this initial response of, as long as I get to play guitar, I don't care. Um, which, of course, there's, like, this certain question of, like, well, you could have also done that with Nana, though. Um, clearly something brought you over here. Was it just hitting it big? Um, but then as Kinoshita continues to, to like, push it um, and, you know, says, just between you and me, everyone says, uh, we're all just talking to soldiers. Um, and then Ren here becomes defensive of, you know... Um, at least in some way yeah saying uh if you don't like the way takumi operates you're out we don't want soldiers who aren't on our side um so i thought that this was a uh you know especially from what we know of ren right now this is like one of those that's suggesting that um there's some deeper thing happening with why ren's with with trapness uh, and he's clearly not being entirely honest with kinoshita when he says you know uh, as long as I get to play guitar, I don't care. Yeah. Um, um, and we mentioned before the relationships that Takumi has. Other people's viewpoints of Takumi um, are worth paying attention to. And yeah, they have their own complexity. And this is a surprising one. Um, often, it, I think it is surprising. Um what how some of the characters feel or like what they say about talking me um and uh yeah ren being like no we are talking me soldiers <laughs> um and if you don't want if you don't want to do that get out but like yeah that's what i'm signed up for <clears throat> um it's not ju- it's not that i don't care it's that like i am invested in like what this is um now there may be additional reasons why he's invested um but who knows what that what those might be now cut to reyra (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean we did get the thing of uh takami's vision is creating music that can support reyra's voice which is like some special voice above and beyond all else yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, cut to Rera. Uh <laughs> she is struggling to figure out what to write. She's called Shin over. Um unclear if they had sex or if they're just hanging out, and Shin's like, I can't help you write lyrics. <laughs> um I thought this was something else, is also the vibe. Uh-huh. <laughs> um as he's just like sitting on the furniture with his shoes. Take your goddamn shoes off, Shin. Smoking on the bed. <laughs> yeah uh ordering food yeah <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah she uh is upset that she always has to write stupid love songs why are they what sells um <laughs> why can't i write a, write about world peace or something not that i know much about it but still um <laughs> so there's there's a comedic <clears throat> there's a, a comedy happening here um yeah but also again why do I always have to write stupid love songs? Why are they what sells? Um, so Trap Nest has to make music that sells um, because that's what it means to be the top band in Japan or whatever, uh, or like a commercial artist of any kind. Um, yeah. That's what your music has to do. This is a function that your music has to perform now. It has to sell. And actually that is the most important function that it that it has yeah uh which of course shin talks about um 
you know, cause there's this, uh, um, maybe I'm tired of being a good boy, like reference here. Um, and Rara says a good boy. When are you good? Uh, also another hilarious about, like, panel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's talking about like, you know, I haven't missed practice. I'm not smoking in the no smoking studio. Like I'm, uh, I've been changing the sound like our A&R guy wants us to, uh, it's like, I'm also like just having to commit to this music being a commercial product and all of that. And I have to like follow all these rules. Change not very life. punk rock of you. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so this, like, you know, honestly, I don't really care about being on a major label. I, all I wanted to do is play in a band and have fun. Um, which I believe earlier he was like, uh, yeah, let's just sign up. Let, let's do it. Um, uh, Yasu being the only, uh, voice of reason there. Yeah. Uh, but then Rayra being like, oh my God, you're right. Being in a band is supposed to be fun. Let's go out, dance like crazy all night and forget our problems. And then Shin immediately being like, what are you talking about? This is your job. (laughs) (laughs) You get paid to make music. You need to write lyrics. (laughs) Here, Uh, like write your lyrics, sit down, concentrate. uh, Um, So you get the whiplash between those, those two things. Yeah. Uh, But then we also get this great moment where, um, you know, Ray Ray is listening to the song um, and begins singing. Uh, you know, Shin's thinking Ray Ray was in love with Takami. Uh, is clearly thinking about that relationship between Ray Ray and Takami here as she, like, becomes emotional, uh, starts crying. Um, which I, I then think is interesting when Ray Ray's response is, what a beautiful song. Ren's such a genius. Uh, I know I'll just ruin it with my stupid lyrics. Um, so another, uh, interesting wrinkle here that we can, you know, get into more, but, um, yeah, the the other side of the, (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah. The other side of this Ren Rira slow burn, uh, reveal. Yeah. Um, and this like first thing that like contradicts this image that keeps getting put forward and that sh- is also front of mind with Shin of like, you know, Ray Ratakami. That's the that's the core. Um, that's yeah. what all of this is. Um, but uh, also this exchange, um, if you can cry like this, I'm sure you can write meaningful lyrics. Ray Ra girls love Trapnist because they can relate to your lyrics and the way you sing them. Um, and Rara says, you're pretty good with the flattery. Uh, Shin says, it's my job. It's how I make the big bucks. Obviously referencing his like child sex work, basically. Um, and you know, she sort of smiles and he says, I'm serious, which one could be like serious in the flattery is going in to kiss her. But also there's the the tone of he's serious. This is how he makes the big bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, a little bit of tension there. Yeah. Um, again, someone please help Shin. <laughs> uh, you know, oh, I totally forgot about. 
Naoki. Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about this uh, brief bit of Yasu and Naoki hanging out. <laughs> I don't. Um, I I don't think we need to go too deep into this one. Yeah. Yeah. We um, can, <laughs> I forgot it. We can skip it. Um. I mean. Yeah. I guess the one. A uh, bit of note here is the like perspective that he has not knowing Hachiko of her as like a real schemer, um, all of that, which is probably more of a perspective he's getting from Takumi. Um, yeah, you know she's dangerous, scary. Uh, she's a good strategist. Yeah, one day she wants to see you. The next day she blocks your calls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then. Um. It brings us back to Takumi. We resume uh, back with this like phone call from Takumi to Nobu. Um, and it's escalating quickly. Uh, Nobu is like blindsided, of course, by design, um, f- f- like freezing up. Uh, and then Takumi, still in this very cold, uh, severe um, mode. Why aren't you saying anything? Uh, and then just like erupts with rage. Um, say something. Are you going to step up or just walk away from everything? That baby is growing even as we speak. Um, Hachi is like weeping. Uh, yeah. Nobu I mean, is- this This one, like a thing to like further blindside nobu like yelling at him through the phone and everything yeah escalating also yeah yeah also with some awareness that haji is also hearing this like making it clear that she hears that like nobu is hesitating right yep. <clears throat> um and the like slash in a panel of haji just like weeping um, yeah one note we've had a lot of more um like not straight perpendicular panels yeah, like angular this yeah especially around the pregnancy stuff um i mean it's come up a few other areas it's become far more common than it was earlier on but especially around a lot of um you know the pregnancy and then also takumi's abusive stuff here uh it's it's really entered in to like emphasize i think um sort of the intensity and violence of a lot of this yep um, um, Nana takes the phone from Nobu, being like, "What on earth is happening?" Uh, still thinking he is talking to Hachi. She gets the phone. It's not Hachi. It's it's Takumi. Uh, and she's like, "What the hell?" Um, and then Takumi being like, "Oh, good, you're there. Both of you should come over." Um. I'm over at your place. Nana being like, what are you doing over at my place? Stay away from Hachi. She's going out with Nobu now. Uh, Takumi then says, I know, but she was my girlfriend first. Uh, So the like possessiveness, um, that is another one of his hallmarks. Uh, Him kind of uh, revealing his, uh, his own feelings here. Um, and then, uh, Nana demanding to talk to Hachi. So, uh, 
Takumi actually gives the phone back to Hachi. Uh, but of course, like after all of what's happened, um, she's just like so over overcome with emotion and like fear um, and devastation. That I mean, she's basically gone into a trauma response, like a nonverbal yeah. trauma response here. Um, yeah, traumatized. Yeah, and I th- I think notably too in some of like her not speaking and being traumatized, we get the, um, you know, she's sort of like slumped over resigned while talking to me on the phone with Nobu. And then when it's, Oh, Nana, you're there too. Then this is where she like looks up, you know, full tears in her eyes. Uh, so it seems like also Nana knowing is something that, uh, another you know, blow. Yeah. Is Nana knowing <clears throat> even worse or is it just another blow that now both nana and nobu do um you could read it either way but um you know also probably part of her not talking to nana here because of just the intense like guilt and shame that she clearly has built up around all of this yeah. um uh and then talking to me being like oh i don't think she can talk right now Nana say, what did you do to her? And talk to me said, says, I didn't do anything <laughs> like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Clearly the, you did a lot to her. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you did uh, you, a lot. Yeah. You locked yourself in her bedroom to call people. <laughs> Took her phone. Well, yeah. Like broke into the apartment. Took her phone. Di- yeah. Like created this whole, this whole situation. Yeah. Um, and then Nana being like, we're coming right over. Uh, notably, we have this illustration of Nobu here that's really evocative, um, where he's just facing away. Like, you don't see his face. He's just, like, facing away. Yeah. Looking, staring into this white background, um, prefiguring, well, I guess, telling us how he's feeling in the moment and then prefiguring what he's going to do shortly. Um, talk to me just like not now talking to me is nonchalant. And once again, Oh, can you yeah. pick up some grapefruit and seltzer water? Not is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, um, and in this way where it's like, it feels like he's trying to casually drop that Hachi is pregnant. Knowing that in the casualness, it also implies a certain like, oh, I've known this. I This is a known thing, you know? Oh, don't you know that she's pregnant? Her morning sickness is really bad. Yeah. Um, Giving the impression yeah. that he's like, oh, yeah, like this is uh, something that I've like been, I'm helping her with. Like, yeah, it's her morning sickness. Like, oh, can you go out and get this? Like, this is just the this is what she needs. Um, yeah. Like now I'm taking care of what she needs. Like go get this thing. Um, um, and of course the shocked look on, on Nana's face at that. Yeah. Because um, Nana, this is the moment where she gets the information that, that Hachi's pregnant. Um, so it has a devastating effect on her as well. Um, because it just crashes. You know, grapefruit, please. I'm all right. The doctor told me so. And then, of course, um, I don't know maternal instinct being this final moment. 
uh, yeah. in her sort of thinking through everything. Um, yeah. So crashes right into yeah anxieties here. Yeah, right into all of these. Uh, this really uh, complex and difficult web of anxieties that she has around motherhood, um, but then also like Hachi concealing it. Um, just finding all of this out at once. Um, so then she like she turns on Nobu. Uh, immediately um, becomes desperate for him to like say that he didn't use a condom or like didn't use it right or whatever. Um, gets becomes you know, violent. With <laughs> why him. are you so serious and honest when he's saying, you know, no, I didn't like not use a condom or like put it on for like has a little bit of sex first before putting it on those kinds of things. Um, yeah. But like screaming at him grabs him throws him to the ground um when he's like when when he says that he did use condoms and so then she confirming for her at least that like it's not his it's nobu's baby um she's mad oh well i mean multiple reasons but uh She's mad that he didn't act in a way, <laughs> um, like not using condoms or whatever, that he didn't act in a way that could make this a possibility that it's his baby. Um, um, and, or that he wouldn't lie about it just to to be able to say that it's very possible that it's his baby. Um, yeah. You know, why are you so serious and honest? Yeah. Um, and then this is kind of the final straw for Nobu. Um, of course, we should be remembering the end of the last discussion with uh, the other really difficult, intense conversation that Nana and Nobu had. Um, yeah. This seems like the final straw uh, for Nobu, where he's just like, what's wrong with being serious? What's wrong with being honest? Like... Of course, I don't I have wear the condoms. money to support a baby. Yeah, um, like why are why you, are you like, crying? Yeah, why are you like, like throwing me to the ground and like yelling at me when I just like did everything right? <laughs> uh, I like didn't. I literally didn't do anything wrong, and you're like getting violent with me. Yeah. Um, why are you and, so upset about this when I should be the one who's upset like this, but you're the yeah. one who's having these reactions? <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, just like steamrolling me uh, in, in these various ways. Um, and then Nana being like, oh, well, say it's not your baby, Hachi won't have it. Nobu being like, um, well, I don't want to, that's a cop out. I don't want to say something that sounds like I'm running away. Um, um, also, like, she already told Takumi because she probably knows that it's Takumi's baby. So like, why would she see him? Um, there's no other reason. Yeah. Um, and then this is the big moment where, uh, Nana says you can become the father. And Nobu says, what do you mean? You say it like it'd be easy. Um, and then finally the, 
you know, going through all of it, um, forcing the point of, uh, you want to make her yours through me, right? Give me a break. What's wrong with you? If you're going to force your point, you become the father. But I don't think you'd be able to love Takumi's child. Um, and of course, there's already this certain amount of, like, Wally's saying, you don't want to, or you want to make her yours through me, right? Give me a break. What's wrong with you? We already get this, like, shocked look. So I think this is also, like, there's multiple layers of, uh, here. Damage. Why is this, like, triggering this panic attack in, in Nana, basically? Yeah. Um, and within the image where, you know, some of it is this fear that she has that something is wrong with her, um, that, the way that she is possessive is like a, a horrible thing that she does not want to be, but then continues to be. Um, so some of it is like, that is already, you know, hitting her or, uh, affecting her. And then also this, like the final nail in the coffin, so to speak being, I don't think you'd be able to love Takumi's child. Um, and this like, one being obviously linking it to trapnest, all the stuff she has around trapnest, linking it to like being able to love a child uh, as a reflection of the, like motherhood. <laughs> yeah, being a core thing. Um, yeah, all of that uh, culminating in this, and you know, for a while we don't really know what happens to her. Um, Nobu just sort of says, "I don't know." She ran off. Um, We'll, we'll get her talking to Yasu, um, knowing that she has these like hyperventilating panic attacks later, uh, seems, but potentially that's part of what's happening here. Um, but yeah, we can get to the actual conversation with Yasu when we get there. Yeah. Um, and then drilling in the other thing, I don't think you'd be able to love Takumi's child drilling in on her feelings about Takumi. Um, yeah which will be expounded later, but that uh, being largely about um, the many parallels between her and Takumi, which in, in fact, I mean, we, we get reinforced in this scene um, where her own violence and the, like the reasons for her violence and, and when I say violence, I mean like she, he, she gets violent with Nobu throws him, yells at him, etc. Um, all of that is closely paralleling Takumi, um, like the the violence that he is enacting. Um, and then, you know, we've talked about how extensive the paralleling is uh, in the work itself um, between Nana and Takumi. Um, and uh, Nana also is aware of these parallels. Um on at least on some level. Um, yeah. So it's not just loving the, ch the issue is not just loving the child of this man that she hates. Um, but also in the way that Takumi is uh, somehow representative of her or a mirror of her. Um, it's, there's also a subtext of like, 
her own child. Uh, I, I think in, in this way yeah. where there's a similarity b- b- between her and Takumi and that's the, one of the aspects that makes the hatred really problematic <laughs> uh, for Nana. Um, but then it also, it's like uh, heightened here um, with the figuration of Takumi's child, because then it's extended to, um, into this whole like motherhood, ch- uh, parenthood, um, realm. Um, yeah. So it's literally just like every, all of Nana's like worst fears and anxieties, uh, all of the most difficult feelings that she has are just like converging right here, um, in this, uh, in this moment. Yeah. Um, we then get, uh, Takumi essentially. So like he carries Hachi to bed, um, makes a comment about her weight, which (laughs) come on, dude. Um, but then Um, also on top of everything else. Um, but then also is doing this thing to essentially like remind her of all of the ways that she is, um, you know, so he's talking about how, uh, Oh, like my sister got pregnant and got married when she was in her, uh, when she was 20. Um, you know, I was like the younger brother, um, and, you know, got married to this honest working class guy, uh, better than me, but I was pissed off at him. So I like beat him up. Um, this kind of stuff. Um, like self-effacing about how possessive he is, um, mm-hmm. in here, it. but also, yeah, but also playing it in this, like, uh, being very, uh, defensive and protective of the people that he cares about. Um, and then also immediately going, Hey, wait, you're 22. You're a confused 20 year old Nana. Uh, you don't have a steady job. You sleep with guys whenever you're lonely and now you're pregnant. You're a mess. Your parents are going to cry. Um, so just reminding her, oh, here are all of the ways that, uh, you know, you are are deeply in need of, like, somebody to take care of you financially. Um, and so then saying, you know, well, no matter who the father is, which is, you know, previously the wording he used to say, I, I will take responsibility and support the child. Uh, but then here also saying, you're still the mother, so try to be strong, all right? Um, and taking on this like caring role that she kind of needs, but also is like filling it with all the reminders of how he's the only person who can take care of her in this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, or at least like doing this, this is the wrong word, but this kind of like, um, disparagement of her. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, oh, you know, you, you're not self-sufficient. Like you can't take care of yourself. Yada yada yada. You need the support. Yeah. And then leaving that the final part unsaid of like, well, obviously I'm the only one who can support you. Um, yeah. Kind of leading her, trying to lead her to that conclusion to to make that conclusion herself. Yeah. Um. Nobu shows off or shows up. Um, without Nana, 
Takumi is like, where is she? Uh, we just get here, ran off. I hope she didn't run over to Ren's again. Um, sees the pickled garlic. <laughs> Uh, and so it's like, I'll go off to get the grapefruit, but it's not his choice to make. The baby doesn't need two fathers. So like, you know, uh, also trying to, I think, bait Nobu more into this again. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously takes the bait, uh, runs to see Hachi, um, you know, desperate for her to, to tell him that, uh, she's pregnant. Um, and she's sort of, I, I think we can say still in a trauma response mode where she perhaps yeah. to some degrees reflexively just saying, I'm sorry. A uh, very common thing that people say when they're like in a trauma response is just repeat that. Um, but also there's this way that obviously that is reflecting all of these feelings of guilt that she has um, about how she rushed things like breaking it off with Takumi and, um, you know, starting and now she's pregnant Nobu. with Takumi's child and yeah. Um, but she's just saying, I'm sorry. So then Nobu's like, why are you apologizing? You did break up with him, right? Um, you know, make up an excuse, please. Uh, yeah. Like immediately fixating on this, like detail that is really not that important (laughs) in the, like, yeah, in this moment. Yeah. Uh, and um, then not like understanding uh, this, like the state that Hachi's in, uh, like insisting on, oh, you know, you did break up with him, right? Tell me you broke up with him. Make up an excuse when she's like almost nonverbal. Yeah. Um. Which then gets, uh, you know, the the end of the scene. Um, Nobu at the, you know, slumped over at the edge of the bed uh, with Reira. Don't ever let go of the hand you hold, even though there's no string or ring for a vow on the shaking finger. Um, which Shin is reading the lyrics. Um, yeah, but... Um commenting on this uh on this situation seemingly where yeah nobu is uh well one interpretation i guess would be that nobu is doing this letting go um even though uh he in his eyes the the thing that's important in this bond is this like fidelity of Oh well, you broke up with Takumi before you started seeing me. Um, but then, if that's not true, then uh, all of a sudden, you know, we can't be together or whatever. Um, that seems to kind of be his um, his thought process <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, and then uh, Rayra's song being like. Um, don't ever let go of the hand you hold. Um, even though there's no, uh, even though there's no like obvious, uh, bond there that's like tying you together. Um, so like the bond that you're looking for, Nobu, like 
maybe that's not there, but like the important thing is this like person uh, that you're like supposed to be caring for and this relationship itself, not the like marker of it or the, um, uh, or like the, the, the sign of it or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then in the conversation that ensues with, with Shin and Rera, uh, this idea of there being some other bond, even if you let go of the hands that would bind you like a string or a ring, um, immediately gets figured as potentially what Nana and Hachi have, um, where Rera is explaining it's the invisible string that binds you to your fated partner. It's on your little finger. Uh, so again, fated partner. Um, and Shin thinks, I bet Hachi's into that. <laughs> um, but of course, Rera says she doesn't believe in fate. Um, yeah. Well, and goes on to say, I think people are bound by trust, no matter what the relationship. Yeah. Um, and then the song, the title of the song becomes Trust, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, um, and the end of the chapter, we get Nana O's voiceover. Still very much on theme. Uh, hey, Hachi, I wanted to keep you chained to me, even if I had to put a collar on you. And then uh, we there are these two like um, narrow rectangular panels with uh, two sentences each. I wanted to keep you chained to me, even if I had to put a collar on you. Then a, Which is uh, also slight... kind of evoking the string in its own way. Um, yeah, the, or know, a, a chain. You. Yeah, yeah. Um, even more uh, intense uh a chain um but then we get a little also, break here she did basically put a collar on ren so <laughs> we're getting a, another parallel there um, yep uh but then this like break and moving to the next panel i was afraid of myself so i always kept a little distance between us uh even though the way this page was laid out i think is really um uh, evocative um the the black like breaks in between these two panels signifying the uh the way that first of all these two feelings are contradictory um and and then the way that they seem to be like compartmentalized uh in nana's mind um where they're both active <laughs> uh and they're not really like there hasn't been a reckoning yet between these two things uh, for them to like, for her to have to resolve them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then the, the final page of the chapter, I still can't make friends very easily. I'm still scared. Um, which would assume, you know, that scared of myself, afraid of myself. Um, yeah. You know, in some ways, the way that these ideas are related uh, afraid of the possessive part of herself, the part that wants to keep people chained to her. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Um, and that our final chapter to 28. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so here we, we start on, you know, the, the page before, um, 
Oh, no, wait, let me look. Yeah, so the page before the actual uh, title page. Uh, I couldn't afford to tell Little White Lies anymore. The bed is too small, or I forgot my wallet. Which, I forgot my wallet, specifically the, the thing with Yasu. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was unbearably lonely, it wasn't Ren that I wanted by my side. Uh, and of course, we get the, the blast cherry cigarettes, um, implying, you know, this unbearable loneliness that she has around what's happening with Hachi. Uh, Yasu is the person that she runs to. Um, Naoki is back briefly. Yeah. So we get like, oh, they're doing a cool concert. Uh, we learned that this is like some uh, demo video or something that Yasu is showing Naoki. Um, and uh, I guess the important thing here with the conversation with Naoki is uh, that Yasu is already thinking like, um, I don't know if we can get that big, but I think if we promote Nana right, she might be able to make it solo. So there's already this way that he is like prioritizing his goal is to launch uh, not a solo career rather than um, blast itself. Yeah. Rather than blast itself or rather than make it on his own as a musician. Um, that's not his focus. His focus is uh, just to make, you know, make sure that Nana uh, is able to, to achieve that dream um, solo. Um, but then we get uh, Nana showing up Um Naoki potentially gets the wrong idea <laughs> uh, and and heads out. Um, does recognize... Yeah, I'm out of here. There's the sunglasses yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, may potentially get the wrong idea, but also kind of gets the right idea that uh, Nana would run to Yasu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not Ren. Um, but yeah, uh, Naoki, big gossip. Ren's <laughs> girlfriend showed up at Yasu's pad crying. What's going on? Ah, Papa Rock, yo. <laughs> uh, and Takumi Do- being like, she's already trying to sell me out to Yasu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagining the, the exchange. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Takumi's back from getting the grapefruit, grapefruit, ju- grapefruit juice or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sees it that, uh, well, goes to open the door. It's not locked. Comes in. Can't see Nana anywhere. Looking around the, um, the apartment. Uh, gets to the bedroom. I, this is Nana's bedroom. Or, uh, sorry, Hachi's bedroom, right? Yeah. Um, I already said Nana once when I met Hachi, but, um, he's looking for Hachi. In Hachi's bedroom, sees the windows open, um, and then there's this, a very interesting uh, sequence here where he looks at the open window. We cut back to Takumi. Um, again, this like w- washed out uh, panel, um, which were we we know is a hallmark of Ayazawa's style. Um, it's signifying some intense moment of emotion. Uh, and then the very, a very brief flash of Takumi's memory of Hachi in this like trauma response, like shut down. Um, and then him dashing to the window to look out because he thinks that that she may have like thrown herself from the window. Yeah. Um, 
one thing this tells me, uh, well, and, and maybe we'll build, we'll, we'll build our hypotheses about talking to me, um, as, as we go. Uh, the thing I found interesting about this is that Takumi, him remembering Nana's express or Hachi's expression here in this context seems to indicate that he under on some level understood and like understands that she is in extreme distress, right? Yeah. Like he, um, and the, the panel in particular uh, is where he's talking about like his sister. You know, I beat him up really bad. My sister cried. Rara laughed at me for being uh, so possessive. It was the worst. Then we get this uh, reaction shot of Hachi. That's the one that gets used here. Um, just sort of uh, almost dead look in her eyes uh, in this trauma response. And below it, in the the actual moment, we get this sort of reaction with. Uh, Takumi, where his like face is a little bit in shadow, um, he's sort of glancing to the side, like perhaps recognizing also in that moment what he's doing and feeling a little bit of regret, uh, but then immediately still going into, hey, wait, you're 22, you're a confused 20-year-old Nana. Um, so, you know, that glance could, could be a lot of things. Is it his regret at what he's sort of doing to Hachi here, or is like uh, awareness and slight guilt Re- around registering it. Um, what her emotional state is yeah um, is it uh him also talking about possessive and sort of you know Rayra laughed at me for being so possessive but then also in the same way that we see with nana having this um internal thing about his possessiveness and you know the the way that he will try to manipulate things to to like control or keep people close to him um but yeah he does then just continue on with uh you know in that previous chapter with the hey wait you're 20 all of that uh but yeah Yeah. it does think here and go oh no like there's almost this way you can read of like did i go too far um did i push her too far with this yeah and and if not if not that then um at least like a realization of oh yeah she was in extreme distress in this moment in that like the distress was so great that she may have like attempted suicide um yeah and uh of course it, it cast new light on the the prior uh chapter which you already um brought up uh but also the other thing it, that it tells us is that Takumi, uh, Takumi does understand people's emotions, um, or in this case he does. Most of the other time he he seems to as well. Um, sometimes you don't know it in the moment because he doesn't. Uh, Get, he doesn't care <laughs> or uh, he, he doesn't necessarily like give them regard or act on that understanding uh, at least in like a caring way. Uh, but I think we we're we're seeing here that he does understand 
like he can read people and he does know what people are feeling. Um, and, uh, so we get that on the first half of this page. Uh, and, and the reason I bring this up is I'm thinking about what you brought up last time, um, with the like fan theory about talking to me. Um, I'm not saying that's wrong or, I mean, we would have to go, there would be a much longer and more complicated discussion to really evaluate that. Um, but I think I would push back against a reading that says, well, talk to me just doesn't perceive or comprehend, uh, the feelings of others. Yeah. Um, he doesn't understand, and so he's doing these things, but without understanding at all of what he's doing. This yeah. stuff clearly indicates he has an understanding of the ways that, um, you know, Hachi is vulnerable, that he is taking advantage of that, um, that he yes. is pushing that in various ways. Um, and he and does that. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. And And he still does that. He still... Uh, does his his various like manipulations and plans and everything. Yeah, and moreover, uh, he's often displaying this capacity in his interactions with other people as well, um, where he is actually highly aware of the emotional contours of any given situation or someone's state of mind, um, and is acting on it <laughs> on that awareness uh, to like certain ends. Um, which are uh, invariably his own. Um, yeah. And that is, uh, I think, the the second part of this page, which yeah. uh, is Comedically reminding us of his narcissism. Yeah, don't scare me like that. Speaking to nobody, <laughs> uh, because Hachi's not in the room. Um, don't scare me like that. I told her I'm sensitive. Uh, yeah. When Takumi says I'm sensitive, uh, he doesn't mean I'm sensitive in the colloquial way that we would use it, which is like I'm sensitive, a a sensitive and caring person. I'm sensitive to others. In the way that Uh, Hachi meant when she said uh, Takumi, he's the sensitive one. Yeah, exactly. Unlike Ren. (laughs) Yeah. He means he's sensitive to his own feelings. Uh, (laughs) um, And like his reaction here is very telling uh when like the okay looks to see if Hachi has like attempted suicide she hasn't and then he's like oh don't scare me uh yeah. i'm sensitive um so uh again very uh a very good page here um that that tells us more about yeah how Takumi's mind works um, and then we also get him finding, uh, noticing, you know, how she's left her phone behind. And on the back is this like sticker from some photo kiosk or something of Hachiko and Nobuo. And we get this like return of a colder look to his face as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and then do you really love him that much? Uh, put over her running and, um, which I guess we can take this to be talking to me speaking. Yeah. Um, we get a little bit of Nobu leaving 
because uh, she's nonverbal. And then we get uh, Hachi showing up uh, late at night. <laughs> um, you know, of course. a little bit more comedy here with like uh junko and kyosuke being like uh who could it be yeah who it's got to be one of the two <laughs> um yeah either you know, shoji, shoji, or shoji brief mention <laughs> yeah uh but it's not shoji it's hachi um and uh this then blends into you're back into um the nanayasu scene yeah, so over um, uh, Hachi, like, crying, saying, you know, June into the, the, um, the like, intercom for the apartment, uh, we get this voiceover, which at first could seem to be Hachi's, but we learn is um, Nana's of, I was in pain, I could hardly breathe. Uh, so again, I could hardly breathe. We will find a recurrent thing with Nana's uh, panic attacks, but, Mm -hmm. um, and before I knew it, I was there with the, the blast cigarettes and lighter. Um, I told him everything like I was vomiting it all out, but I have no idea whether I made any sense. I don't really understand myself why I wanted Hachi so much and why I hated Takumi so much. Um, and then of course the, uh, you know, Nobu said, there's something wrong with me. Am am I? What are you supposed to do as a good friend? Um, I just want to be friends. I want to be there for Hachi. So. Oh, we can talk a little bit more about this if you want, but. Um, uh, no, I think, I think we'll have opportunity to. At the end of the chapter when we're like going over the. When we're evaluating the, um, the whole, yeah. uh, the, the end of this conversation with, with Yasu as well. Yeah. Um, the, the note here of the smell of the cigarettes, uh, which she will joke smells aw- or tastes awful or whatever. Um, but here in the, the voiceover saying, you know, that smell calms her down. It was weird. Um, then we, and then of course, to... overlapping again, the cigarettes, Kyosuke about to smoke, being like, <laughs> you should not smoke around a pregnant mother. <laughs> um, yeah, here's where we get the most uh, sort of breakdown of um, Hachi's feelings and perspectives in all of this. Um, and then also the way that Junko sort of provides guidance especially junko we get a little bit from kyosuke but um as kyosuke himself says uh guys really suck at times like this all i can do is sit here fidgeting (laughs) um i don't know if all guys do but it seems like he does (laughs) um yeah i mean i don't um yeah i don't advance i try to avoid advancing essentialisms uh as much as possible but i mean I felt that way before. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of gender essentialisms, Connor, how often do you think about the Roman empire? (laughs) I've seen this float around social (laughs) media and I knew someone would ask me at some point. Um, not well, uh, not often. (laughs) Um, there is a, uh, there's, 
There's something I'll tell you about this off pod. Okay. Uh, uh, anyway, getting back on topic, I just thought it'd be funny to, but you know, we proved not often gender essentialism yeah. of that is also wrong. Anyway, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not always true. So, uh, I, there, well, there's a lot that happens in this conversation, but we'll just quickly summarize. Um, they talk, they talk through the whole situation. Um, Junko and Hachi. Um, Junko uh, pretty much calls out Takumi's manipulative behavior uh, yeah. and and his motivations. Uh, yeah, and ta- you know calls out that locking the door so that uh, Hachi can't do anything about calling Nobu and like freaking him out about it using the cell phone and everything. This is like. Uh, selfish, controlling, manipulative. Um, you know, clearly just trying to force Nobu out of the picture. Um, but, uh, Hachi's response here is, well, Takumi probably hadn't thought that far ahead. I think he was just being spiteful because I called Nobu my boyfriend. Um, there's maybe a little bit of truth that he's, he's being spiteful. Uh, we also know that Takumi is, is quite the, like, uh, strategist, so to speak. He's qu- a know? quick thinker and very calculating. Yes. Um, so probably both of these things are true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see Takumi uh, do other calculated, <laughs> uh, impromptu, very highly calculated uh, uh, performances later. Um, uh, but then we also get this defense from Hachi of, I mean, Takumi has a lot of pride, which of course could also be said of Nana. Um, you know, the parallel here, but also this being a thing that, uh, Hachi is offering the, the pride being a thing that Hachi is offering up as like a reason behind this that could explain it, that she would be willing to, um, you know, forgive in some way is also pointing at the way that Nana has all this pride and the, the feelings that she has around Nana and her pride. And, you know, mm-hmm. don't let pride get you get in the way of, um, you know, your happiness, things like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, notably, uh, I think the, um, the worst possible interpretation of Takumi is laid out here for Hachi's consideration, uh, by Junko. We're like pretty much is, is fully, called out um and uh and discussed um and uh there's an urging from junko's side like don't get involved (laughs) with this guy um also the gravity of having a child with someone like this um you'll be connected uh with him for the rest of your life um and uh, th- there's going to be these these constraints on you. Um, so Hachi is uh, well. I'll just note Hachi is aware of all of these things um, in the moment of making her uh, decision. And and also um, in a way, part of her decision here is this. Um, you know, Junko saying, "I don't think 
uh, I like the word support here. It sounds like he's just, he'd just be handing her money. And Hachi's like, yeah, I think that's what he means. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, that is enough for me the, to take yeah. care of the, the like financial uh, burden, the, that part of it. Um, the fact that like economically it would be irresponsible for me to have a baby. If he takes care of that, like, I'm okay of giving up on this dream of marriage, things like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Junko saying, wow, you really want to have the baby that bad. Uh, and then Hachi saying, um, actually, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, well, uh, there's you know, more dialogue happening. We get the the thing about, you know, I saw the baby inside me on the sonogram and suddenly it felt real to me. Um, I didn't want to get an abortion and go on like things like nothing had happened. Uh, she was talking before about how she kind of thought, oh, I'll just get an abortion and pretend nothing happened. Uh, yeah. But once she saw the sonogram, that's where, you know. All, all my fears and worries left me and I knew I just needed to pull myself together. I don't really know how to explain it. I felt kind of attached to the baby and tried to think of how I could do this. I thought about whether I could become a single mother and raise the baby, but honestly, I don't, I don't have the money. Uh, my morning sickness is so bad. I can't even go to work. And I was so bummed knowing there was nothing I could do. Then when talking, he came over and said all that I was shocked, but actually happy. Maybe I shouldn't be dependent on him, but dot, dot, dot. Um, a lot to un- unpack there. Yeah. Uh, and then her saying, I just feel so evil about like what she really wants is to be the mother of this baby. Um, and there's all of these like reasons, but the biggest of them being this like financial economic, uh, how would I support as a, a single mother? How would I support and raise this baby when I don't have the money? I can't work. Um, right now, uh, you know, that'd be difficult with a child to like work as a single mother as well. Um, and so here, this guy who's going to give the money to support the child, like, um, I feel like I'm using him by, by doing this because what I want is not really talking to me, but is the baby um, mm-hmm. seems to be what she's saying here. Yeah. Um, and then also, I guess a, a deeper, um, a consideration like from the, the reader's perspective might be, um, In the Takami versus Nobu thing, um, Hachi, in this moment of extreme vulnerability, where uh, not only the pregnancy, um, but then also the the revelation of the pregnancy, um, which is something that was really emotionally, not just the like abusive way that Takami um, forced the issue, um, but even if it didn't happen that way. You know, there was clearly a lot of um, uh, emotional weight for Hachi with, like, revealing it. Um, And then, like, hearing her, uh, hearing her expound that she was wanting to have the baby, um, I think what's happening is what she needed in this critical moment is like 
the support and affirmation of like she was already kind of leaning towards like her, her desire was to have the baby. Um, and she was looking for a way to like be able to do that. Um, and so what she needed was like the support and affirmation. Um, so first of all, like not like the judgment about the fact that she's pregnant and how that happened and yada, yada, yada. Um, but also like the reassurance of like, like a path forward <laughs> to like allow yeah. that to happen. Um, and notably she does not receive that from Nobu and she doesn't receive it from Nana either. Uh, because Nana's not, th- not there at all. Uh, yeah. Now we know why. And what she's gotten from Nana previously too is like, Oh, how irresponsible to have a baby when, you know, you didn't plan for it. You don't have the money for it. All of that um, as well. So there's a way that she can sort of presuppose Nana's reaction. Um, Nana's actual reaction more complex than this just like, you know, judging people who are too promiscuous and, you know, have babies when they, you know, didn't plan it or whatever. Um, Yeah. But because of that, like, prior unfortunate, like... This like miscommunication, um, then that cur- uh, becomes very significant. Um, li- like you're saying, um, so yeah, she doesn't get it from Nana, she doesn't get it from Nobu, but she does get it from Takumi. Um, yeah, in the twisted form, um, but but it is it is still there. Um, yeah, and. Uh, that's uh I, I think that's that's a pivotal uh shift that uh precipitates this decision as well. Um because then in the absence of like Nobu and Nana, um then it becomes much easier for Hachi to be like, well, Nobu's gonna have to sacrifice all these things and um or he's gonna have to give up his dream. Um Blast won't be able to become uh, like a major label because Nobu won't be able to be a musician anymore and so on and so forth. Um, and without having Nobu to like counter that um, or like assert affirmatively otherwise, um, then that just like becomes um, like the, the, predominant consideration for Hachi. Yeah. And then the, the thing that Junko says here as well, that like really affects Hachi is this pointing out of, um, you know, well, Nana's a black, Nana being Hachi, um, is a blast fan more than she's Nobu's girlfriend. So, you know, not fully necessarily aware of, but this way that like, the the feelings that Hachi has for Nana do seem superlative over the feelings that she had for for Nobu, um, and so having the Guru, having Nana, and her lackey succeed is Hachi's, Hachi's dream as well. Yeah. Um. And so also this like reminder that, uh, like further reminding and emphasizing that to go with Nobu is to ultimately betray like Nana and her dream that Hachi cares so much about. Um, 
So, yeah. Uh, um, further putting her into this position of, you know, has to go with Takumi because, um, especially she does not want to ruin the dream for Nana. Um, even above like the love that she has for Nobu as it's, you know, situated here. <laughs> um, yeah. And then ending on, um, all right, then if you want to have the baby that bad, I won't say anything else, but don't you ever forget it was your decision. And if you've made up your yeah. mind, don't look back and cry about it. The world doesn't need another kid raised by a messed up depressed parent. Try to be more like your own mom. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, many layers, uh, happening here as well. Um, I think we can evaluate, uh, evaluate the advice that Junko gives Hachi, uh, cause there's probably some of it that is helpful and some that's maybe not, um, yeah. maybe not the best. Uh, oh. but Nonetheless, like, seems to affirm um, the decision that Hachi was already intending to make. Yeah, uh, even going into the, um, even like prior to the conversation. Yeah. Um, and then we get the conversation after uh, Junko basically being like, you know, obviously the the smart thing, like, to, from me, from my perspective, like, not always wanted to do things the traditional way. If she just got an abortion, stayed with Nobu, like, they could probably have a baby later. She would still be able to have a child. Like, um, that seems like the thing that would actually work out better. Um, but she's so determined that I just, like, I feel like I can't do anything to, like affect it otherwise i just have to like you know emphasize like this is what you're doing this is what you've decided on um so um and the uh, the the you know joke to we've been doing this whole time but uh kiosk is saying but daddy wanted to see nana in a wedding dress <laughs> why don't you think takami won't marry her um because it'd be harder to take care of Nana than it would be to financially support the baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, then uh, Hachi gets home, um, thinks that Nana is here, uh, but instead Takami has passed out in her bed. Um, and, uh, you know, he immediately is playing it cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, this like him leaning up against the door. Um, you know, I was worried. Did you settle things with Nobu? Um, uh, and then we, we can maybe, we've got this like final thing with, uh, Nana and Yasu. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, one, we got the thing earlier about, um, how soothing the, the cigarette was, um, you know, she like bums of smoke uh says it tastes terrible um but you know i think in yasu's reaction we can we can maybe see this like he's kind of seeing through the bullshit there mm -hmm. um but uh yeah then the the big thing here 
um, where she's back to sort of playing it cool. Um, you know, uh, I'm just fine, dude. I'm not that broken. Uh, and then here, um, ultimately has the, but no matter what Hachi decides to do, I won't get in the way and I'll gently watch over her kind of the way you do for me. Um, and Yasu says, well, it's not as easy as it sounds, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, which is obviously funny because of, we know how much Yasu, uh, does for her and so many scenes of him just like sprinting out the door, um, going way out of his, like super far out of his way. Uh, but then, uh, yes, foreshadowing. It, it is not as easy as it sounds. Yeah. And then of course, uh, you know, Nana's thoughts. I'm sorry, Yasu, but thanks. I'm all right. I'll make it work. Hachi and I can do some female bonding, but maybe that's why I'm worried. Um, and then this is where we, we get the final bit of, uh, Takumi basically. Um, so he's like, you know, so will you tell me what you decided? Cause I have to go hold up for a week. So let me, um, you know, force this issue faster. <laughs> yeah. Um, I need to know like right now for this arbitrary reason. Yeah. Uh, Hachi thinks, um, if you've made up your mind, don't look back and cry about it. The world doesn't need another kid raised by a messed up, depressed parent. Again, maybe not the the best advice for Junko <laughs> here <laughs> from Junko yeah. here. Um, but you know, she says, uh, I think I want to keep the baby and raise it as yours with your support. That's all right with you. Um, and again, he's forcing this before she can really talk about things more with other people. Um, and then he proposes marriage. Um, which of course he puts it in having an illegitimate child is a bad idea. If the public finds out, I'll just look bad no matter how hard I try to spin it, but I have no problem with getting married. If I marry a normal girl, the media won't go too crazy. So it's just like immediately about business. Um, yeah. His image in the band. Yeah. But it's Um, also getting Hachi. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. This, this thing that, uh, she wants that, we can maybe presume that Takami is perceived in some way that she like wants this traditional marriage. Um, so, uh, you know, sort of almost blindsiding her with this, this like other, you know, great act of kindness. Um, yeah. To like seal the, um, to, to really seal it, put it over the top. Like here, Oh, I'll, I'll give her this other, like, this other thing um, that's an even grander gesture of like my commitment. Um, and also, yeah, this thing that she probably wants. Um, yeah. Um, and then of course, Nana's uh, final words ending out this, this chapter in this volume, no matter what kind of life you live, as long as you're happy, that's fine with me. Even if I can't be an understanding person who really thinks that deep inside, um, who really thinks that deep inside I want to be strong and elegant, at least in your eyes, like a perfect manga heroine. Um, and so, you know, Nana deciding I'm going to, uh, I'm going to like support from afar, like Yasu does. Right. Um, but some of it immediately moves into this, 
I'm afraid to get close because I'm scared of this possessive side of me. And so I want to become just sort of this idealized um, heroine that you, you look up to um, that's strong and elegant um, rather than like a real human being who's there and understanding and supporting you. <laughs> yeah. Um, when that's probably and, what you actually need. Yeah. Um, and just by way of agreeing with you, um, the uh, there, there's a an element of irony in this where like Nana has is telling herself these things like oh I've resolved this I know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna be there for her like it's gonna be this pure love and so on she still hasn't spoken to Hachi like yeah <laughs> uh like the thing that is most important to that like needs to happen the most in this relationship is like she's actively avoiding it right now um again for reasons you know um many reasons which we've hopefully uh documented but uh the the irony of of the end here um it's a little bit of a there's a bitter (laughs) uh a real bitter aftertaste um and that's what we're left with yeah Uh, i do want to quick note the little author's note from the back of this volume um where yuzawa ai writes when i was in high school there was a cool girl in my class who was a lone wolf i was really into a foreign uh neuromantic type band then and when she asked me one day do you want to go to their concert together i was overwhelmed my heart fluttered more than i Oh, when I was with my boyfriend, smiley face. Uh, have you had a Hachiko experience like that? <laughs> Just see how I being like, uh, I also felt gay about a Nana like a girl before. <laughs> um, so I thought that was just especially funny at the end. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. All right. Um, well. We, we just, we did it right in two hours. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> exactly like we said. Um, better than us doing five hours. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, next time we're going to read chapters 25 through 30. Uh, no, wait, that's not right. We're going to do uh, 29 through 32, right? Let me actually that, look this yes. up. I forgot to update this in the... Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, I just want to make sure this isn't one of the ones where we have a bonus chapter, because I know one of those is coming up soon. Oh, so it, it's 29 through 32 and the Naoki bonus chapter. So, But all of them. Mm, okay. Um, so uh, you can write in to the podcast at ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. We will uh, definitely read it in the question bucket. Um, if it's something particular to, you know, about where we are, we might read it early. Um, go support the network, exportodd.io, which will take you to the Patreon. You can find links to a bunch of the podcasts there. Uh, if you become a $1 patron, you get a number of podcasts a week early. Uh, for $5, you get exclusive bonus episodes, uh, especially of Coffee and Comic Books, which is um, a different manga podcast, or, well, comics in general, but um, there's a fair amount of manga there. Uh, if you like Hunter Hunter, 
highly recommend listening through everything the like i think first two episodes are in the free feed but then the rest you have to uh be a patron for um some of the podcasts that you get a week early uh include pondering Bhutan, which is the show that you and i do connor um where we're reading through Cromartie high school at a much slower rate than than uh we do nana uh we're probably actually spending more time per chapter. We don't actually talk about it the entire time, but, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. per volume, you add those up. Those, that's a lot of 30, 30, 30 minutes per chapter or two for an entire volume of Crow High. That's a lot of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It has been. Yeah. It's all um, been good, though. A plus. Yeah. Very it's not the same uh, endurance run that recording Ghost Divers always is. Um, I say that yeah. with love in my heart for what Ghost Divers is, but I could not do another podcast like this. I would die. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not uh, a chance. You'll also get uh, episodes of Ornate Stairwells a week early. Um, we uh, recently finished up reading through Yokoku Nikki, um, which was a pretty great manga. I think if people... Uh, you know, enjoy Nana. I recommend checking it out as well. Um, it's definitely like different in tone. It's not nearly as like dramatic, uh, all the time. Um, it's a lot slower and like more contemplative, but, um, it has some good moments. Um, and also at times deals with like childhood trauma and things. So, uh, there's some, there's still some thematic overlap, I guess. Um, I don't actually know what we're doing by the time this episode comes out. We're going to do an episode on Perfect Blue. Um, and then we still kind of haven't decided what our, our after that is going to be because we still have some time. But um, we might be reading a manga. We might be reading Master and Margarita, the book. We might be playing um, a video game. We'll see. Uh, and then one other podcast that I'm going to promote is around the long fire. It is not on this network. It is on the abnormal mapping network, but I am on it. Uh, it's me and my friend M. Um, we read through, it's sort of like a classics podcast. It started specifically Icelandic sagas. Um, but we're sort of broadening the scope sometimes. Um, so right now we're doing the Nibelungen lead, which is still kind of related. Um, Germanic poem. Uh, similar story to to a saga uh and usually the first little bit is us talking about whatever the reading was but i would say that's like probably about 25 percent of the podcast by volume and then the rest of the podcast is sort of uh em and i just hanging out talking about various things so um go check all of those podcasts out um export odd.io slash puton export odd.io slash ornate stairwells and abnormalmapping.com slash longfire uh, you can find this podcast at Ghost Divers Pod on Twitter or just at Ghost Divers on co-host. You can find me at Fox Omnia basically on any social media platform that I'm on. Where can people find you, Connor? You can find me at Rebelay, R-E-B-B-L-E-A-I-S, on Twitter and co-host. Um, and that does it. Bye for real now. For real. See you next time. Actually, for real this time. Actually.
hit record as have i um clap yep 37 yep absolutely did you make it in time i think i (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure okay because we could do 47 no no no. or 57 um or we could do 4407 uh we could that's yeah that's we'll the do thing an, we could do we'll do another one just in case the okay. the first one was fine on my side i think but might as well do another okay um all right we're all set did we talk at all last time had it happened that um the the lead singer of Bucktick passed away. 
We should have said it happened last time we recorded. It may have happened, but we didn't talk about it at all. Yeah. Um. It was. I mean, the the tweet about it too was like rumored that Takumi is based off of it, but I still felt slightly vindicated, being like, I feel like Bucktick is the most like trapness, like you know, base story of like punk to visual K. Um. So. Yeah. Well, my understanding of of Sakurai is like. Uh, he had a he had a rough childhood. He was sort of a, a like loner, uh, getting into trouble, like rebel in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, was not a founding member of the band right away. Uh, he was like recruited into it by the two people who formed the band um, <clears throat> originally as drummer and then became singer. Um, and then uh, apparently also had a bit of a reputation for like sleeping around, which also seems to be a talk to me thing. Mm. Um. Yeah. So. I I don't know how much um because a lot of the references to like the actual music scene seem to yeah. be there. A lot of the time they're like composite or they're yes. not like one to one. And I feel like this is another one of those cases where it's like like yeah, he's I mean, the singer. You know, he's not the bassist. Like talking yeah. is the bassist and producer. He's the singer. One of the other things too that's um like just female fronted visual K bands were really uncommon. Um not that there weren't any, but that like <clears throat> especially for one to be big in the way that Trap Nest is big. Um like in some ways, uh Visual K was like hitting and and was like the alt boy bands. It was like the the ones for the alt girls, um, where it'd be the hot guys who are like dressing kind of glam and effeminate and having like sort of edgy fashion and stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, the number of visual K bands that you can find wearing just like full Nazi regalia, I think mostly just because it's edgy. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't think most of them are like actually that politically are that political in general, especially under a major label. Um, But yeah, just as like an edgy thing, there was a, there you can sure find a lot of photos, including Sakurai, like (laughs) wearing uh, Nazi or Nazi inspired outfits. Wow. Uh, So did not know that, but I think also explains there's, there's one Nana uh, outfit where uh the hat is a little bit that like most of it isn't but there's like a hat that like feels a little bit like uh nazi germany style hat yeah Mm -hmm. and i think it was just a a, like edgy style at the time um so didn't go all the way there but yeah that hat in particular feels like it's from the same i think that comes up after i mean the stuff that we've got into they're like starting to try to style the band more to like be a major label so yeah Um, and then and they talk about it in the the bathroom scene where Shin is like overhearing that the conversation yeah. between the two guys in the label. Um we'll get into it when we actually record the episode, but yeah. Um, um yeah. I just figured I'd briefly mention that. Um Yeah, no, definitely. I think that one of the things that I've thought about a couple times uh is like working in more uh discussion of like the the music like the IRL music um 
not like foregrounding it or anything, but just having some like, re- yeah, I guess more more discussion about the the background, like the historical background of the um, yeah I, the artists that are being referenced and stuff. I realized, and it might be with the episode before this one that I would actually start doing it. Um, and I want to like backdate it, like do all the old descriptions, but I realized I should put like what music I'm using for the OP and the ED, uh, tracks for people who want to find them. But like, I've been pulling a lot from Seagull screaming, kisser, kisser and, uh, Aya Higurashi's other projects in part because it's like some of my favorite music, uh, especially back then it was like the Japanese punk music. I was the most into was, uh, Seagull screaming, kisser, kisser and like some of the other stuff that she did later. Um, but also it's, it's been good for stuff for this podcast because most of the lyrics are in English. So I can like do lyrics that feel like they are fitting and feel like the audience can hear them and feel like there's something that's like sort of fitting with whatever we read. Um, but I've been trying to mix in some other stuff too from, from other, uh, musicians. I'm often tending towards, uh, English lyrics sometimes when I find something just for that same, like I want to have something that feels like it fits, but there are some parts where like I might not have a great song that I feel like I want to use. And so then I'll, I'll pull some other one uh, that maybe is like entirely Japanese, but um, I do feel like that scene had more English lyrics than maybe some of the other music scenes might have as well. But um, yeah, I've been trying to like the visual K. Yeah, Visual K, um, and also some of the punk music. It, it kind of varies by punk band, but, um, like a lot of the punk music was being inspired by, like, earlier punk musics that happened in, you know, the UK and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, like, cause, like, um, some of the earliest ones, like, there's, uh, the Stalin, which, um, I know we're like really inspired by UK punk, but I think mostly sang in Japanese, if I remember correctly. Um, I've listened to a little bit of their stuff, but not quite as much, but it's like very like hardcore punk. Um, I do know that like, uh, Bucktick started out as a, the Stalin cover band. <laughs> so, Interesting. um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a number of like, there's definitely bands that, that do a lot of Japanese lyrics as well, but I feel like, you know, uh, there are a number and especially ones that like then hit off in the West, obviously like Seagull screaming, kiss her, kiss her had a little bit of a hit shown knife. I think is one of the big ones that like really hit it off in the U S. Um, but I know there are some other like, and, uh, um, a Higurashi, I think from Seagull screaming, kiss her, kiss her has talked about like going to New York and seeing what was happening like then contemporary, uh, com- contemporaneously in punk scenes in New York and like wanting to bring some of that back to Japan. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Um, and as I said, it just works out to like, if I have something that is going to have lyrics that will feel fitting, this is also the thing is like seagull screaming, kiss her, kiss her is going to have the lyrics that will get like, will be like kind of happy and poppy or something. Um, or like just ha- doing some weird thing, but then have these moments. that will just be weirdly sad, but often feels fitting for Nana. So, uh-huh. <laughs> Um, I think for this episode, it's like one about, uh, like a motor psycho, like, you know, psycho killer psycho. Uh-huh. Uh, but also when you're singing in like katakana English, it also sounds like motorcycle. Uh, but it's got all this part, but then there's the part about like, 
uh, I want to get high and like, I want to become a mom. <laughs> 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 um, so I forget the exact lyrics, but I, I could pull it up right now. Um, yeah, you motorcycle. Chat. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to use it for either the intro or outro. But yeah, uh, I light up my cigarette. He gets on the motorbike. I play with the little thing. He drives me crazy. I want to get real high, higher than anything. Can anyone give me the thing that I need to be a mom, to get high? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you'll never know who I am. You'll never be uh, understood. I go with the motorbike. It drives me crazy. I want to get real low, lower than anything. Can anyone kneel down and back... Um, I feel like this is a whatever this is is probably wrong because it and back me to step. I feel like when I listen to the song is not whatever this. I don't know what and back me to step means. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to be a mother to get low, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty fitting. So, yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. I guess that was the little music bit. Yeah. Oh, the other one, um, I think it's going to be entirely in Japanese, but people have heard it. Uh, so the other one is a visual K. Um, there's been two that I've been thinking about, but I think I'm going to go with the um, Logic one rather than Merry-Go-Round, even though Merry-Go-Round is more contemporary. I just like the Logic one better. Um, but there's there are two that are like the, would translate to the red string like the red string of fate that comes up. So I figured having something uh, about that would be great. So, I mean, there's two, there's two tracks like actually recorded. Are they references to the manga or do do they just like, no, so yeah, the like Akai Ito is like a, um, cause that's the, the usual Japanese phrase for it, which means like, um, I think it's like red string or something, but mm-hmm. it is like a, a, it's based on, I think a Chinese myth. Um, and traditionally I think it's like the, I forget if it's like the forefinger or the ring finger or something of like a man. And then it connects to the pinky finger of a woman and it's like determining soulmates or whatever. Um, I but see. often it just ends up being like pinky finger, uh, for both people and stuff. Um, like modern versions of it are a little less like immediately, uh <laughs> dividing everything up in this way yeah yeah um but uh yeah and so it's like a, a common thing so there's been a number of visual kai so the one thing is the merry-go-round one is a lot like more intense like the lyrics if you translate them <laughs> um but uh i think i think the other one's a, just a little bit more like romantic um the the logic one but um yeah which is probably just more... like the logic one more yeah, and that's probably more in line with what, yeah, the actual song is like in the manga, because yeah. it's like a romantic power ballad. Um, I'm just pulling up a, an image of Logic right now, um, because I, I could be wrong. I know that I think at least the the singer is, um a guy but just the image of it is like they're like extreme cross-dressing let me just like copy this image and see if i can send it uh sending it in chat <laughs> um oh, so like wow. the music yeah. video for akai ito like you feel like you're about to hear a female vocal um and then it's does not feel like a female vocal <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Perfect. Uh, but yeah, I've listened to a little bit of their stuff. I Visual K, I'm not quite as big into it as the punk, but I think some other stuff is okay. Um, do you want to do a drink check? <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, I just uh, <laughs> I just saw the, these chats from uh, from the the chat channel. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hachi and Nana. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, drink check. You can go first. Okay. Um, I have water. Um, and then I was starting to make, and so I have it. Uh, I was going to do the sparkling water. I couldn't do grapefruit, so I was doing lemon, which I've had before during the podcast. Uh, no alcohol tonight, both because I've been a little bit under the weather and also, you know, no alcohol for the baby. Um, but for my own medication, I can't have grapefruit. But then I realized we had in the fridge, because we've been sick, squirt, which is a grapefruit-flavored oh soda. So I wow. have some squirt in the strawberry glass. Perfect. <clears throat> this volume wasn't really making me think about squirt, to, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I only welcome. thought about it when I when I realized the grapefruit. Yeah, it does fit, strangely enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my pretty simple drink check. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I will see your <laughs> simple drink check and raise you an even simpler one. Wherein I have only water. <laughs> uh, so I had some black tea in uh, in the mug, the creationist mug. Yeah. And I drank it all. Uh, I don't want to get... Had to, had to get it out of the way before this so that it doesn't trigger the morning sickness. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and of course, no alcohol for the baby. Yeah. Um, so just pure water in my uh, my blue cup. My tall cylindrical ridged uh blue cup which i've never i've never actually drank square out of this cup but i feel like it would be good if i did <clears throat> yeah seems like the um, right shaped vessel for that <laughs> well i i thought maybe drink check would go longer but do, do we want to just get into the episode <laughs> yeah all right we make my little mark. Um, do we want to hit the bathroom real quick before we do twenty-seven? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. <clears throat> I am back. Hi back. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, should we just get back into it? Yep. Shall we say bye? Yep. Um, 
I, do, I was going to do the the not the Mizukoshi. What do you think Mizukoshi is cooking his wife tonight? I don't know what Mizukoshi is cooking, but I had I had burgers. I had a a burger for dinner tonight. Nice. Yeah, it was. It was nice. Yeah. Well, bye. <laughs> bye, everyone. See you next time. Do you need to do the outro? Do you want me? Do you want me to keep recording and then you? Or do you want to record it yourself? Uh, I'm not recording again. Let's do a quick time. That is, I was so ready to be done. Okay. Yeah. No, I feel you. I totally feel 707? you. 7:07. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. It's perfect. Okay. Uh, not by yet, actually. Um, I was ready to be done, but we can't be done yet. Um...